Good afternoon, everybody, or good morning, uh, West Coast. We are back with a new episode of the Shonen Ronin, episode 43. We have a lot to take care of, a lot of content to go catch up and everything. And uh, we have Anaki, our bro, our Anaki bro, really back into our show. We are going to talk about One Piece, the Ayashigan, Undead Unluck, Kaiju number eight, that One Punch Man chapter. Uh, Hopefully we can get Ray in. We can talk about the My Hero Academia Vigilantes finale chapter, that JJK chapter, and of course the My Hero Academia chapter. So let us see our faces. How's it going, guys? We are back. How you guys? Do- How's the bros doing? How's Anki doing? How's the Kennedy go- Kennedy doing? Uh, I'm coming off a good church stream, and this is a good weekend jump. Mo- jump has actually been pretty good lately. I, I, like I mm. feel like people. Like Twitter would have you believe that like half these series are fumbling every other week. Yeah. But genuinely, I think that Jump has been pretty enjoyable lately. Um, like I, I haven't been reading and been, you know, sitting there like, well, I wish I hadn't read that or that feels like a waste of time. Like I, I haven't been getting that feeling on any of these chapters lately. So I, I, I'm, I'm happy with where we are. So I, I want to get to kind of celebrate with you guys a bit talking about how some of how good some of the stuff has really been though i agree with you it's been pretty consistent with good story and like this is the chapters of fighting fight scenes and fight action scenes of chapter and hopefully the next following week we could get more story uh yeah not too much had stand out from this uh this week of chapters of jump um Unfortunately, uh, Ayashiman has been canceled. This is going to be, this is its last chapter. And weirdly enough, it's being promoted that me and Roboco has been confirmed with anime released. All right. So this is something that I I do want to talk about this real quick. It's like, I will, uh, me and Roboco bores me. It's Mm -hmm. humor to me is lazily referential. Yes. But the pain you have to you have to understand is like when we watch Phantom Seer get cut, when we watch all these decent series that we enjoy Red get Hood, cut, Kishimoto series, yeah, SMI eight. <laughs> this may shock you, but they are specifically being cut because they are action series. That's true. That's so true. effectively, true. you have a certain amount of slots, and you want to represent certain things. There's not as many people out here that are like, I'm going to draw a gag manga. So the standards for gag manga is a lot lower or as far as like what kind of sales you're expected to get, any of that mm-hmm. stuff, than it is for like action series. Cause like Phantom Seer was well liked, it sold decently enough and it still didn't make it partially because, and in my opinion, this is because of JJK and KNY being such successful exorcist series that they did not value the moderate success that was building up with Phantom Seer which is crazy because when you look at the mild success that Phantom Seer was trending towards, to, it was this, it was kind of on a path that I considered to be similar to K&Y, where it was going to slowly build up a fan base. And then if it had been given an anime, I, I genuinely believe that it would have mm-hmm. had a similar boom just because it was also a very like Japanese style exorcist series. So, right. I mean, I definitely see that Japan has its own source of comedy and it has its own source of uh, entertainment value. And like the audience for uh, Shonen Jump and everything is for Japan and their younger series and everything like that. If they 
and they're the audience to target, not really for like us in the States or any other country, not so to speak. Um, we already know that everything is technically subjective, as James loves to put it. Even com comedy is the most subjective like topic in everything. Everybody can find anything else that's funny. And apparently they see me and Roboco as like a funny gag manga manga that's doing very well and successful in Japan. And this is what we want to put on television and TV series and stuff like that. Uh, the only thing I'm like, even though like so there's so much action series, I felt like Magu-chan Destruction could have been an anime series and it ended really fine. It ended good. It's like a good slice of life story that could also do very well like with maybe not as well as Spy Family's audience in its anime series and that sort of speak, but I think Magu-chan could do also well. Magu-chan was one that I like fell off of it because I I enjoyed Magu-chan chapters that I read. I just happened to just fall off the wave, but Magu-chan mm -hmm. was genuinely kind of funny to just watch and be like, I am a true divine being. And then she's like, so you want to eat this rice cake? He's like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think like not just with action manga, but also the slice of life mangas too, where it's much harder to find a popularity within the audience and stuff like that. But and to, to visit our own Japan, how they view otakus, how we view otakus in the States, it's, it's different. It, it's, so they're me and Roboco, if they find it hilarious, laughable entertainment, let them have their anime. I really highly doubt most people in the States would watch the Me and Roboco series, the anime series. But anyway, uh, those, are, that's our, those are our thoughts of the Me and Roboco in the anime and everything. Let's go straight into the One Piece talk first for One Piece chapter 1050. Okay, so first yeah, off. Yeah, talk to the Maniki, talk nice to him. Hold, nice hold on, hold on, first off. Come on, come on you know. We gotta start know. with our Vince Smokes. I actually wanna address this cover story. Yo, thank you, because I think I, this is, so I'm gonna start with, this is the longest and the first time we have gotten this consistent of a side story. I, I need him to tell us what he plans to do with it, because this has been a lot. It has been a lot. And what we got from, oh my God, what we got from this latest cover, matter of fact, let me, let me go ahead and switch like, back over to that. The, the fact that they are actively raiding Big Moms territory successfully too successfully successfully and, and, with and little I, with little resistance yeah because like we tell that so my thing is I'm, I'm pretty sure this isn't happening right now as wano is going but i think this happened during big mom's travels because it's easy excuse me forget this but big mom's been in wano basically like or at least has been away from whole cake island for over a month mm-hmm which means Smoothie's been gone for over a month, which means Montdor, Pudding, like a lot of these characters that help out have been gone for over a month. And then whether Kata, in, like if this is close enough to when they left the first time, that means that all that happened is, is that German 66 spun the block on them. Yeah. Like, yeah. They was like, like, was like and, oh and man. It, it couldn't, it, if, you, if, you, if you reasonably think about it, it's very probable that Big Mom left shortly after them left we already know that the germa was in proximity so literally spun the block literally oh y'all y'all think y'all was gonna get to clean up and recover from this or you thought you was gonna go partner up with with some some other entity uh now we we 
we got you on this. Because up until the like the reverie, they didn't officially like lose their seat until like all that news was going around at reverie. So mm-hmm. it's like they might have still had some people on the inside, still give them some information, which German never ne- didn't really need to be in the world government anyways. Because if you think about it, they're a Roman kingdom. They have zero reason to actually bother with paying the tribute bills and stuff like that. Um, but so actually, Jeremy, you could also look at it as like a potential foreshadowing of what's to come in the future mm-hmm. of the story because they're a mobile nation and that's what allows them to have this freedom where it doesn't even actually matter that they lost that. And that's kind of where I see like, I've heard people talk about how they think that the the erased kingdom from the void century was a kingdom of pirates or sailors. So mm. them being a country that separates and is like a country that constantly sails may be what we're headed towards. And then that'll set up the the, the play for like the pirate nation to be formed in the new world where it's like this is all like just a, a sea country basically like everything's connected right yeah like i said for a while now i've gotten very big um dark continent-esque vibes <clears throat> that like forbidden territory mm-hmm. <clears throat> that might we, we don't know how much of it to say it doesn't exist but we know that we are fully aware more than any other world that in in the one piece verse the world government has wiped things off of the map, actually. <laughs> they have they have physically <laughs> and and for all effective purposes, just geogra- geographically speaking on maps, literally removed things off of the world map. Like God Valley is gone. And right. so I, it's funny because like, okay, now we can actually like utilize some of the stuff in this chapter. And I kind of want to jump ahead to the middle point because... This Ooh, is a I'm chapter where jumping. you can kind of bounce around a little. Yeah, but I specifically but I specifically want to jump to the volcano scene. Oh, okay, yeah, good, good, good. I'm gonna because, come back from there because people have been like <laughs> posting the thing about Pyroglyn and how sky islands are formed and stuff like this, mm-hmm. where we genuinely might have it be that uh, a sky island might now be hovering over Wano at all times. But what's mm-hmm. also kind of interesting about this to me is that like. Odin was boiled alive and shot in the head. And if you look at it from that perspective with this volcano, Mm -hmm. then Big Mom and Kaido were boiled alive in magma and then Mm -hmm. shot up directly. Like, and, but what this also does is this island specifically, where this explosion takes place, if you look at the map, it would have, if Onigashima was still there, technically blown it all the way up into the They're sky. Blowing it into the sky anyways. Yep. yep. And the other last thing that I really also wanted to point out about this, because people are talking about, because some people feel like it's so unsatisfying. Luffy hit Kaido with an island-sized punch that knocked him into the core of the, like the, the, the mantle plate, leading to a tectonic event, causing an eruption or a natural disaster. That is exactly what the Yonko were called multiple times during Roof Feast. When, when Big Mom was doing Tenjin and she was throwing lightning everywhere, this is like a natural disaster. When Kaido did the tornado, this is a natural disaster. Luffy is finally able to be a natural disaster. There's a right. lot that goes into like the volcano exploding that is actually pretty thoughtful. Yeah, I think I think the other thing while we're already at this at this part of the chapter, um, for me is also um not so much the mistaking 
for Kaido, but there's this very key piece. This is actually a crucial chapter where Momo says, I'm not opening the borders yet. Mm -hmm. And then this event happens. This, this, again, this world-changing event, right? And again, we talk about the world government who wants to continue to keep everything in check. If, if we talk, and I've been wondering what could potentially lead to the all-in of the Marines taking a stance towards Wano and what that would mean. And I think everything about the fact that um, we're saying that we're not going to open Wano yet, this explosion and the ramifications of the dynamic of powers being shifted, I'm like, okay, this is where I thought you was trying to lead us, Oda. And it looks like this is definitely where you're trying to lead us. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to get too into my headspace about where I think it is. But again, I, I see the vision of <clears throat> even as far back as Whole Cake Island, even before that to now, really from Doffy, go back to now, I'm seeing how those pieces are actually, I ain't even capping, bro. Trilla Bark is even further back. The more I really think about it, ever since we crossed the Grand Line, there's been this, this series of things that we've been building and pointing towards, and I'm really starting to see how all of it is really, truly connected. So, because you said that, I want to point out something to you. Or actually, I want to ask you something. Mm -hmm. Do you think, and this is for you too, Sam, Blackbeard or Aka Inu, which one do you think is the final battle? I mean, of course, and audience-wise, it's gonna. It has to be Blackbeard, but Akiinu as the last boss. He Akiinu needs to be within, like, he has to be up in the top branch within the navy. So, so I, in in my in my headspace, the clash with the world government is just as equally as crucial as a clash with Blackbeard. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how, there's not enough context clues, but like I've said before to my bro, um, shout out to Blackheart, the next decision that he makes is gonna immediately tell us what's going to happen at the end. The very next thing that happens after this current story, this current arc, is just, is immediately gonna tell us how the story's gonna end. So it's, it's either my, my, my philosophy, and I'll say this to answer your question, my philosophy is there has to be a clash with the world government first. Because, mm -hmm. and my, my just, just on a shallow level, my biggest marking for that is Sabo. Because of Sabo specifically, I think there has to be a clash with the world government first. Blackbeard is going to swindle them their way in. There's probably going to be a final clash, and I think it's going to be at the ravine or someplace close to there. Or, it, or it's going to be at the gates of wherever the entrance is for One Piece. And I think ultimately, like I said, I think that does go back to the Revere. So I think, I think like I said, I'm going to go with the Marines first. As of right now, today, where, I, where my headspace is, I'm going to go with the Marines first. So my thought process to bounce off that idea real quick is that yes i do believe that they have to fight marines but i don't think that they need to um they're like the final war mm -hmm. i actually think that they need to fight marines fight blackbeard 
fight world government? Well, for, for me, it's, so I think it's a three-way fight next. It's a three-way or a four-way fight. But I think, I think you have to have the establishment of the new Marines. And I'd still, I'm still on that premise in my head that the, there has to be a Marine reform. Mm. And I think that eventually what you end up really getting is <clears throat> new Marines with possibly the straw hat armada versus the world government partnered with or somehow kind of shadily partnered with Blackbeard. To so, me, that's kind of where I see it in my head. My thing that I, uh, I kind of, the reason why I wanted to bring this up specifically is one of the main things that killed uh, Whitebeard was what? His health? And, or who, I should say. Oh, well. You could give the credit to Blackbeard, but who did the real damage? It's not really Blackbeard. He got it's technically the entire Navy in itself, though. But, like, what were the two biggest yeah, things that happened I, to Whitebeard? It's... Losing half of his head. Because, like, the it's... anime doesn't show it right. Yeah, that's why I'm. I'm trying to. I'm, that's exactly why I paused. I'm, I'm trying to envision the manga itself because he takes he takes a critical strike twice. He was actually like he was actually ear quotes dead before that moment where Blackbeard showed up. Yeah. Um. So, I'm trying. Who was it? Was it I? Was it I could have hit him? Yep, Akainu. With yeah. his magma claw, he straight up tore With off. Them, yeah. Uh, yep. Like a third of Whitebeard's actual head. Yeah. And he had stuck yeah, his head his, his, like, if into I'm not mistaken, his body. It's it's his right ear, his right face to his like shoulder, and then yeah, he he gets he gets basically pierced through. Yeah, and cooked from inside. Yeah. And then you got um, Big Mom and Kaido here, boiling in magma. And then, mm-hmm. so to me, what this is starting to say is the final opponent is definitely Akin. It's definitely, it's definitely, I think, I think in a person sense, yes, I just still think that the gold, the the thing in front of the gold is still the the world government is still, like I said, I think it's possibly Blackbeard doing some type of weird scheming with them. Because my... Because my big thing that is secretly is the WG versus the WG. Yeah, is the is that that's the thing? It's it's world government versus world government for sure. No, mm-hmm. no, wrong G <laughs> and W. Oh, where's Jen? Sorry, I, I said yeah. Yep. Now I'm like I'm like Oda would not have given these to the same initials for no reason. Yeah. So I think it has to come down to the worst generation versus the world government, and in order for that to happen, the worst generation has to be on the same same page which means mm-hmm. blackbeard got to be out the paint yes um, so that's why i said we got too many powers that there's, right there's two we, we got to just thin Marines. some stuff out we got the revolutionaries we got blackbeard like it's it's way too many powers at, at least that's why i said to me it's got to be at least a three-way clash coming up soon somebody's got to get checked somebody's got to get eliminated or absorbed by you know luffy to me and that's like the other thing is like there's some people that's gonna just go away and there's just some people that's gonna get absorbed by luffy or rather the like i said again there's we are gonna see the resurgence of the the armada for sure i don't we care if anyone says we i want them see in the here armada. Well, like I, I, they, I was hoping i was hoping they would show up at the end of this 
I was but, hoping the Marines would try to make a thing, and I, I was hoping the Armada would get there. And I still have this philosophy that Luffy ends up getting kidnapped, but I, I don't, I don't know if that's still, that's still as prominent. Yeah, but like, okay, so and then I guess we can start with like go back if you don't mind. Like Sam, I know you can, you can, you can say if I'm being a little too pushy. I don't, I don't want to accidentally be like running your stuff or anything like that. Um, go for it. Okay. Because I do, I guess, want to kind of talk about the Toko moment, just because I, I guess I want to talk about like the chapter chapter just a little bit instead of that also, caught me off. That instead of the implications and ramifications of the chapter was what yeah, we were discussing. We, we, we jumped to the we jumped to the high points and the end points real quick, but yeah, that caught me off guard. And and honestly, not only did it caught me off guard, I was surprised Oda gave that many chapters to it. However, what I saw at the end was something that did jump out to me in the previous chapters, where we saw the scratch out um the scratch out um wording and mm -hmm. i had already cuz i remember maybe like 3 weeks back when they first showed them i watched the the raw the raw translation first mm -hmm. and i noticed that it was different between the raw translation and the official translation and i was like he going to clarify this but there's some words that there was words that were turned halfway in the official translation. Yep. There was like a little that that same that same specific one, which was one that had came out to me, and I was like, "Why is somebody saying thank you?" Um, on, on one of the the um the balloons, but um, yeah, I, I think it was so I think it was so important. Again, like you talked about, we talked a little bit just now about like the you know basically the the ramifications, but like there's also we're we're looking at the ramifications of things to happen after, but there's a lot of one those specific ramifications that are going on right here in this moment and i think she was the perfect person to bring that full circle for us mm -hmm. because you know momo momo and sister they're like that's already going to be what it is but we we still it's still very much so about the people this whole thing has been about freeing the people and the people are in a position and you see that moment where um uh was it pedro who has said like I haven't seen this in a while. There's, oh. the, there's again this like this moment of um, it wasn't Pedro, but um, oh yeah, this moment of Nekomushi was like, man, like I haven't, and we know that they haven't been to that, you know, to Wanda in a long time. But it's still, it's not just that, it's not that, it's also just like the hope, and that's what they keep telling me was like, yo, the hope really could have been extinguished. And even though we lost people on this journey, and again, again, we're wrapping up the fight, so we're really looking at the ramifications of who won, who lost, where, who died, who's alive, and for for them to have that moment, and she's just like, well, in that case, I won't be selfish. Mm -hmm. I'm going to appreciate, and I'm going to say thank you for for you doing this for me. This is the message I'm going to pass to the next life, is not just that I miss you and I want to see you, but rather thank you for the opportunity, you know? And that's what, that, that is what Luffy is trying to protect. Her and those sentiments is mm -hmm. what Luffy is trying to protect. And that's been something he's always been trying to fight for. Like if you think all the way back to Drum Island, which of course we got to bring up Drum Island because some of the plot mm -hmm. points from back then are playing in it now. But when you think all the way back to, you know, when we met Chopper, Drum Island, mm -hmm. the, one of the things that Luffy wasn't playing with was the preservation of Dr. Jiriluk's dream. He was like, you're not gonna come at this dude dream who flew this flag this way. He took cannon blast to protect that dude's dream and he didn't even know that man. Mm -hmm. So 
it's like seeing this payoff and seeing her like understand the the adjustment but i will also say that the there is no greater honor part i feel like it does make her feel better but i do wish that she got to like i guess she did get to grieve already so i guess this is a good time for her to like kind of hit that acceptance point because Yasuke yeah. did die a couple of weeks ago so like her finally yeah. getting to this acceptance level i guess that's right i do wish i, I do mean even her being able Yama. to talk about it i mean even her being able to talk about it is is a a, a big testament to Mm-hmm. You know, especially as a child, like the 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 level of growth that can happen in a short period of time with stuff, and the fact again, like this festival and what it means, because for some of some of those people there, they they were their mindset was this is probably the last fire festival that we were gonna have, a balloon festival that we was gonna have. You know what I mean? Yep. Whether it's whether it's I'm not gonna live past this moment or like things are just about to get worse anyways. A lot of them you know, really was just, they were squeezing out their last ounces, their last bits and drops of hope. We started off Wano with a woman literally about to kill her own child, just so that the child wouldn't have to keep suffering and starving. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like part of it, Wano's length has allowed us to become a little detached from those moments. Because mm-hmm. that was genuinely, I think, around like 920. So, you know, over 100 chapters ago. But, still like the the idea that these people were kind of having this festival they even though like title was like i'm dropping onigashima on the capital and this so like yeah it was going to be their last fire festival a lot of them weren't expecting to live we're getting closer and closer to losing hope had thought that Mm -hmm. a planned raid and uh, attack was gonna happen and then failed so for them to get to have this like moment where they light up the sky before you know wano lights up the sky was important Mm-hmm. and when you think about all the pollution and stuff that Wano deals with they probably don't get to see stars like that anymore like the sky's dirty stuff like that you know so this is probably the closest to a proper starry night they've had in a while too yeah I'm Which, trying to see I'm trying to see if I can see make out what any of these other things <laughs> saying but you can't you can't really this chapter one of them has a sentence but i just can't make out what that sentence is in the top right corner but They're again translated nah it's not even that i literally can't see i can't tell the characters i can't even see the, the no kana i'm saying like i'm looking at it they're untranslated no no i'm saying i can't i can't see the kana some of these are like that looks like a star more than it looks like a, oh, a kana yeah. or a kanji but yeah some of it does tell. look like a little bit of just like cryptic stuff like somebody's doing a yeah. couple drift. and then nick mamushi announcing it i don't think any of us i don't know if that's really something we have to like sit around and talk about like oh neko went to the roof but um yeah no we already knew he was one of the people closer to the top so yeah it's like we needed somebody to do it it's not a bunch important mm-hmm. out of that the most important thing out of this for me is Apu still being alive because he took those pictures of the world government in Wano. Uh-huh. He got those pictures of age, like CP0. He will have gotten pictures on all this stuff. And while CP0 already ran off and flew away to go make their report, Apu already told us what's about to happen. He's going to Big News Morgan and he's going to tell Big News Morgan what happened in Wano and Big News Morgan is going to run that. 
it don't matter. Because you remember, when the world government sends an agent to stop Big News Morgan from reporting on something, you know what happened? He beat up a member of CP0 and went about his day, or CP5, whichever cypher poll it was. Mm-hmm. Then moved his base. Just straight up was like, free speech. I'm out. So it, he's going to take this scoop. And this is going to be the scoop because whether Kid likes it or not, Kid is about to pick up the same running gag that Law had. When that news story it's, it's, runs, it's even worse. I feel like the kid, the kid, we talked about it. He, he, he the lesser of the three, and it, it ain't close either. <laughs> it ain't, it ain't close. Odo really should have gave him just a little more time to actually like be that guy, you know. But I will say I love Beppo hugging on Law and him being frustrated. Yeah, man. Anyways, my last my last piece because I want to I want to jump on One Punch Man and I'm gonna have to yeah. dip out unfortunately. But um, my last piece is I think there was a I, I'm glad that they, we got a uh, Yamamoto moment. Um, I think it was very pertinent um for Yamamoto to step up, and it's like oh well they didn't just blindly follow just because it was Yamamoto. It's like ah oh, you sounding you sounding real sus. You sounding like somebody that's on the enemy side. It's like look you see what you want. But I'm gonna you step up. I'm gonna destroy. I'm going to destroy you. Step up if you want. <laughs> the other irony Step is that if you want. yes, she is on the other side, dummy. <laughs> like, yeah, you still you still ain't caught on to this, like. <laughs> but yeah, that, like I said, that's my final thoughts, man. I'm so glad you was here to talk about this chapter today. Um, yeah, I, I don't think this was this was a good this was good. this was a good a good content giving chapter, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. Um, it wasn't um, Gear Five or anything like that, but it was very, uh, it was very much so. A lot of key moments, like I said, a lot of key moments for a lot of people were given. Like, like, and the way I look at it, that last part of the chapter, there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Oh, it's a part. It's, it's one hiding. of those part one. It's one of those part one, part two things. We're gonna get yeah. a lot more information next chapter. Like, we we know that when the smoke clears, they're gonna see Momo looking like Odin with that terrible haircut. Nah, man. I hope that aging up forced him to have a decent haircut. Look, maybe he tie it back or something. I don't know, but I I don't. I doubt it. He probably gonna have the same exact cut. Mm -hmm. Like, but either way, well, yeah, One Punch Man. Yes, let's go in. So, who wants to start? Because this is a there was a lot of. uh, it, this entire chapter was beautiful. This, yeah. yeah. Starting from, like, me, like the past couple of chapters, we see the demon Jin Garo just yes. constantly evolving after yes. every hit that he takes from Saitama. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, like... He's trying to figure out figure out something. He's like, well, if this don't work, this. And he, you see, like... You see he still has, he still has his uh, hum- humanities brain, his mind. His, yes. Is a uh, his zen he's, of he's strategizing. He's literally he's still trying to be a martial artist combatant. He's still like, look, if I can't do this, I can beat him with this. If I can't beat him with this, I'm gonna beat him with this. And it's it's it's, it's such a beautiful chapter, man. It's such it's such a beautiful chapter. I think I think like I told you, Sam. I I think the end is what really stands out to me the most. <laughs> before we before we get to the end, again, it's it's this you know we get we get the punches. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get the he's con- Saitama is still kind of manipulating his positioning in the fight this whole time. Like he's trying to get him to a specific place, and I think that's it's it's so cool because again we keep seeing that Saitama is 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 otherworldly, man. <laughs> yeah, but, um, this this man is otherworldly compared to what people compared to what we've seen from last year to this year, and then the whole like fight of. Can of Saitama versus Goku kind of thing. We we really see more steps and bounds of how much power Saitama actually really have throughout throughout the entire year and a chapter, and even more of the strategy wise too. Because with Garo thinking like, all right, I can't beat him with numbers. I can't beat him with uh, maybe I could try ingenuity. Maybe I can try like a different output or techniques. Mm-hmm. Still nothing. Yeah. Even like in different forms and different like speed, power. <laughs> yeah, he was no. he was like he was like not 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 smarter. Damn, not stronger, not faster. Dang. I mean, I think smarter would have helped, but like he, I'm pretty sure the smarts would tell him, yeah, there was no chance of winning ever. Yeah. But you, I mean, if you want to keep persevering, I mean, go for it, bro. But in your head, you gotta then, know I couldn't win. And then his spirit breaks, right? His spirit finally breaks. He still doesn't lose his humanity. He's just like, look, if you're going to kill me, bro, kill me. And then Saitama says, hold up. Looks around. Let's go sit down and have a talk. And he's just in the traditional Japanese on his knees. looking. He's a whole monster fight, but he's looking so pristine and proper in his, his, like, his posture and everything. And it's, it's just like, I, I could have heard the the doom. When they when they pat when they pass that shot at the end the double spread I mm. just heard the the din because you know how it would be when they when they switch to that that setting and that, that transition set to that it was like yeah <laughs> after all that fighting after all that yeah you have your fighting out you have your aggression now you, you, yeah, you you're got, done being you, mad did you get it out your system did you did you, <laughs> you now, better now there's something I gotta warn you guys about that I saw online recently oh, apparently oh. Murata drew a new chapter for this chapter and this one is no longer canon what now i don't know if that's 100 true or not but i've seen somebody mention it online that this particular thing might not be canon anymore is this going off of the webtoons or is this something else well if, if i'm honest this particular scene that we finished with, if that's how we end this chapter, we're probably removing one of my favorite scenes from the entire season, one of the best parts of the Garo fight. Oh, so from, from the thing that, that she was telling us to wait for. Yeah. So if we if this is if this is how we resolve the Garo fight, we don't get the two serious series moves that he uses against Garo. Mm, I think, but then the thing is Garo's hype. And his popularity within the series is too big to just let him die and remove him from the entire series and that sort of thing. It's like we've built this long, technically over two years of the One Punch Man series of Garo's story, his development, his side of the story, everything. And oh, no, do you do you guys think this has to do with the the season two fumble and the fact that it's being handled? The, the manga size being handled by Shonen Jump? Uh, that I'm that not sure now, that I don't know. Like, some, some direction, some directional shift? I mean, didn't season two come out 2020? 
Yeah, but remember, remember, so remember we got season two and it was a shorter season and it was not well received. It is it no. is not well received. It was 2019. 20, oh, 2019. Okay. Yep. And season two wasn't well received because it had a bad production schedule. Animation was not bad, on par because it was not the same lesser record. animation, lesser that's a different team and less episodes. Like it it was a really bad formula coming off of a series that was already so strong. Like imagine, imagine Demon Slayer season two being given that type of treatment. That that just it just didn't fly well. It, it, that means I mean that was Promised Neverland season two, but no, Promised Neverland season but, two is a whole different man. Yeah, I would I would I didn't because I, I thought about it. I thought about it, Sam, and I didn't say it because I feel like it's it's different categories of of styles of things that are that that were done injustly to promise neverland too that i wouldn't even put in the same category of what was done for um one punch man season two um great dookie but i i, I just i just i think that i think that I, I'll, I'll always say that promise neverland got done dirty but i don't i don't know who makes these decisions like like i really don't know who's called who gets the the, the final say on some of these things because like Again, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't have given One Punch Man season two, given its constant notoriety and popularity, even on Netflix, even to this day, it's still one of the most streamed animes that people go back and rewatch. Why you wouldn't give it the justice that it deserves? <clears throat> Same thing for Promise Neverland. Like I, I literally remember saying to someone, like I, it's, uh, it's, it's two seasons, two to three seasons in a movie, of content. How did you fit all of that into a single season? I mean, I guess they didn't want to respect the content. They don't. Do they also didn't want to take the risk like of what Ufotable did, like literally put all their money into this anime just so it has goes into this bankruptcy debt and then the whole um, tax evasion issues and shit like that. Like, not many animation studios will go to that length in trouble. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, if you yeah. were, if we if it was gonna have that Ufotable treatment. Then yeah, some somebody's not been paying, haven't been paying their taxes. They have to be constantly changing new CEOs, having new different supervisors, and everything like that. And all of them were all involved with the tax evasion and shit like that. Um, but you also need to be able to bring in that kind of money in with when it comes to the manga series book two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but but never promised. was doing good with sales. Like that's why I said like I, I don't. I don't see what was in their position to get them to be done like that. That's why I said I wouldn't even put them in the same category because it just but, it but really like you just said, felt like a, a injustice. <laughs> but like you said, I feel like with Promise Neverland, it was different because a lot of people, the manga readers when the first season came out didn't like it as much because it didn't have the, uh, I guess, the thriller or the, no, the, the, uh, yeah. psycho- the psychological mystery theme. People, people didn't know how to process what that series was mm-hmm. and it wasn't until you got to the end of season one that you were like whoa that's what this series is about but i i felt like it still held it, it still held its own coming into like you know the anime awards of the following year and everything like it was still very much so acclaimed like it, it, its popularity mm-hmm. definitely grew as the year continued to progress um so I, I think it was it was just weird i mean you could see even at the conventions and stuff but I don't know. Like I said, I, I wish I wish we could, you know, have someone give us a little better insight on like what exactly goes into making some of these crucial decisions and such. Yeah, 
because but then a lot again, of it is bored. Money, money, money. And there was no, yeah. there was no possible way they can, the anime studios can match Murata's art on One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's too beautiful to like. You, you can't do this. There's no way. This man is insane with this art. And that that even that might even be a factor. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe his art was too complex to be able to put the justifiable animation mm-hmm. team behind it with the, the budget that they had comparing to other series that they were working on. We, we don't, that could be a thing. I but definitely again, would love to never, see Murata. They never talk about that. They never talk about that stuff. I definitely would love to see Murata do, like, what can he do with the animation side? We're like, oh, oh, Boy. oh, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, can you, that- uh, if, if, if he doesn't, if he, if he wants to retire from Mankaka and go straight into the animation side, which is a lot more work and more stressful than that sort of speaking. Hey, if that's it, we'll take it. I mean, I definitely take it. Like that's where like people bring would throw money at four. But somebody called it one flop man, and I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's 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 how that anim- on the animation side. That's how it feel, man. Because like when he when um, one hit wonder right now, but I mean, psychopath came back from it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. came back from Mop, Mop, Mop Psycho 100 is hey. having its hey. last season too. Like, hey, time out. Yeah. Are we talking about Mop? I got to get my girl to watch Mop just so when the season three starts, I can just watch it and be right there. Yeah. Man. I mean, also, like, since, since Mob is like, it ended or it's near ending, I mean, you can put, all right, let me t- pause mm-hmm. on One Punch Man. Let me, Mob's let me put manga is over. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can, I think you can even buy all the volumes if you want it. Um, 100%, I consider Mob Psycho to be the better series by one. And if I'm honest, like, uh, the anime is more consistent. Like, I don't know, like, man. Like, you, you don't have anybody like, as, like Reagan, you know what I mean, in One Punch Man. Like mm-hmm. Mob mm-hmm. is like you don't have anything like that. Like there's so much heart to the story of Mob, and I'm pretty sure one also likes one uh, Mob more than he likes One Punch Man. Yeah, it feels yeah, that way. You, you definitely can it definitely see way. it. But I'm hoping like with Mob season three, the artwork and popularity that Murata puts into it, more effort, more money goes into his pocket, and then like, mm-hmm. all right, all I'm really all I really have left is One Punch Man. I'll just Hopefully everything from Mob Psycho people will go into One Punch Man. They already know it's a secondary kind of series where like, all right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll still have that popularity, still have the hype. And I'm still going to put. I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I am actually like in having this conversation. My fear is there is no animation studio that can actually keep up with the high level of art this man is drawing. Think about think about the light sequence in the flash exchange for the three-way fight that we just had before um with with um Garo, Flashy Flash, and um the sperm creature or whatever. And then think about um Tornado's fight. Um mm-hmm. and she sh- and they showed the detailing and they show when that other creature came out the of space the space the planet. Yeah, the the Yeah, the, like Oh my god! Like I just, I, 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 I'm, I'm serious, guys. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't even pick a studio right now. I don't know who could do that. I don't, I don't know who's <laughs> doing, who's doing quality enough to actually put in the effort to get the right set of colors, lining, and shading to to 
to properly even represent the level of art that this man displays in some of these chapters. Maybe all all famous and well-known mangaka can all like come together to just like, hey, let's you need help on this project? Let's do this. Let's, let's all put all this work together, just like how Madhouse produced season one. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing is like like Madhouse made season one with like ninety percent out of in-house out of house staff. Exactly. Like right. most of the people who were working on that were just friends of the dude who was leading that. If that's not the example of one for all, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. The, the the series did not was not able to maintain its popularity and even justify, you know, something like I mean, like I said, I feel like it, it would just be personal decisions. I would love to see the animators get together and stand their ground on some of this stuff a little more, but only time will tell. Yeah. Oh man, this entire chapter was really good. The, even if it's not, if it, I could definitely see why it can't be canon because, because this chapter in a way introduced more of Blast and the whole alternate universe or par- parallel mm-hmm. sort sort of thing. But at the same time, I kind of wish it was can. It still can't. It is canon. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure parts of it will still be canon. But I think that ending cannot stay canon. Is it is the reason why it can't be canon is because they showed the the, the, the guy that looks like the season one's uh, big boss Burroughs? Oh, uh, I think it mostly is an issue with the fact that this would be the end of the fight, which means you'd just be cutting out a bunch of the actually good stuff. Mm. I think that's all it comes down to. It's like wait, yeah, no, like, we, what, I wanted what? to keep Saitama's big attacks, especially because this removes if we go this route we're not going to get the conversation that Saitama had with him because also I'm going to say that like Saitama doesn't necessarily lose to Garo but he's not the thing that stops Garo in the webcomic I could definitely see that because Garo has a more complex thoughts and views that and it is justified it is just and really justified and his complex views and stuff why would Saitama be able to have the conversation that gets that out of him based on everything we know about mm-hmm. I mean there's still there's still room for this to be a gag so yeah. I guess yeah. we'll have to see what next the next um chapter looks like because there's still there's still a potential that this sit down just triggers Garo in a whole different way pushing a further evolution and maybe we do end up still seeing it in the direction that you are describing because um, I want that's that very plausible because one of the things that Saitama ends up actually talking to Gara about is how he ended up over relying on monsterization. And so he's like, mm-hmm. You were actually stronger when you were a human. And we're not gonna yeah, get I, that conversation. I felt like I felt like he was getting to that point. I felt like it felt like maybe a chapter or two ago, that's the point that they were trying to get to was like, Do you yeah. really think that you're stronger in this form? Because like you would, and if you were to reread the entire series, it's always Garo's thoughts where his own humanity thought that's over conquering his monsterification thoughts mm-hmm. too. Even in this moment, in this very fight, like even the past few chapters, you see this monster go, kill everything, destroy everything, be the monster you're supposed to be. And then you see Garo being able to fighting, fighting that monsterification thoughts. He sees the kid that he saved multiple times, like, yo, no, I gotta survive for him. And then you see Saitama coming in like, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, this is not, mm-hmm. you're not really a monster. You're, you're still human. You have yeah. 
good thoughts and complex things. And I, I think you have sympathy for right. the monsters. It's just that mm-hmm. that's you got you have to see that your willpower, your own thoughts, and your views is stronger than the monster that's trying to control you. Mm-hmm. But like I, I can't see Saitama saying that entire conversation to Garo though. Like, because no, nah, I think he. I really, bro. I think it might be a gag. I think he might say something real stupid, and he'll be like, "Huh, huh," and they start fighting again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, yo, I gotta dip out, y'all. I gotta go get some food in my system. I've not ate for the day yet, and it's it's almost three o'clock, man. Oh, yeah, get some, yeah. get some grub, yeah. man. Yeah, get some grub. We'll but we'll yeah, still be I'll, here I'll for a bit. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna try to if I can slide back in, I'll slide back in. But um, I appreciate y'all. Peace. Hey, peace, gentlemen. Peace, man. Right. But yeah, uh, going to finish it off. The whole uh, it's I have nothing left. It's no use. Everything that he put into it on this mm-hmm. fight with Saitama, it really is the like the inner minds of a child. Where like I I wanted to win for this. I wanted to do all the stuff. I had uh, all my aggressions, my anger, more power. It's still not enough to come over go over the, the hill of that is Saitama but then yep. you can win in the intellectual side he could have just like let's have this talk let's see if I can actually beat him in just the minds of the talking mentality kind of thing which small detail that I do want to highlight again is that okay so one Morata definitely in my opinion is one of the best digital artists um because part of what makes a lot of the stuff good that he does is that he doesn't actually draw every single thing we see. Mm-hmm. Like that, like a lot of his ocean or like city shots are technically like restructured, just like photographs. Right. But like the way he like utilizes and makes sure to have the moon in the background again for that conversation between Saitama and uh, Garo is pretty good. Just because they always have that part of the moon where the crack is from like where he jumped off of it facing when they show it so there's also the uh was it the moon like it looked like an eyeball it was the reflection okay yeah that was really good like that's the moon it's that what makes it look like an eye is the fact Mm. that Saitama jumped off of it from back when he was fighting um Boros but yeah like how however they want to end this entire arc Mm -hmm. it would take a lot more time and a lot more uh story and effort to like come in with a new arc for the one punch man series and i don't think i can see the next arc without garo for sure the if i'm honest the next arc should be or i if it goes with the webcomic where Hmm. i remember going that should be the arc we finally get tornado versus saitama interesting but then, like, I think the running gag of we will never, we don't know, we didn't know Saitama was this strong. He's, he's top 10 heroes, my thing. Because mm-hmm. that, that's the running joke that needs to keep on going on and on for, and that's how the series lasts. Because Saitama is not the greatest hero of all time. He's just a hero for fun. And the whole, like, mm-hmm. almost like an insult to the hero society in this world. But, like, at the same time, like, he's the, like, it, it gave every villain like yo what's the who what, what like why bother when you have someone like Saitama in the entire world to protect everything but yeah we'll yeah, see what we'll, we'll see what happens from there yep okay um, 
what's next on the agenda? Or... Uh, you want to go into Undead and Luck? Okay, yeah, Undead and Luck. Let's uh pop over there real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to have the chapters open whenever we talk about them. We finally go into Nico. A yeah. little bit of Nico. So um, that's right. So this chapter for me, I actually don't feel like there's a bunch to talk about here. There isn't. It's literally like the villains are destroying the want to destroy the arc so that no one can go to the next universe kind of thing. Yep. Um I didn't know Nico had a daughter. I didn't know like uh one of the workers for him was his daughter. But yeah, his, that that I was like, oh, that does make sense though, because I've we've seen her throughout the series, and I did think they looked similar. I just never mm -hmm. realized that, that was like, no, like this is his daughter. And then the, the name Nico and everything, like, mm -hmm. okay, makes total sense. And then you learn that Nico had like he had two goals in mind that, that can only motivate him, and it was to slay God and his wife. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it makes sense. It's more like, yo, we either kill the kill the being that, just, that keeps constantly destroying the world that's making all this entire thing fucked up or you give me back my love of my life and the world can destroy and die and that sort of thing it's more like the minds of the many uh, uh the lives of the many outweigh the lives of the few but if that few holds someone that you hold dear people would never choose would always choose the few over the many because of your, is your wife wife yeah. your baby child and everything like that and the world can burn all for all I care. I just want my wife back. And that's the thing is like, with everything that's happening, it's like Nico is very discouraged, but something he says, uh, and this actually throws me off because um, he said, after all, all of you just forget everything anyway. I guess Which, when, when people say like you've resolved the act, the situation that's been done, Mm -hmm. you, you're probably just going to forget them you you probably won't remember them you're not gonna feel the same way that i do for someone for an affection where i'm never going to forget them they were everything to me and it comes to like nothing in the world and nothing can ever change and no, no nobody knew in my that happened that comes into my life will ever be like that one person because mm -hmm. andy had many people from his yep. past um old girlfriends Andy, yeah andy is a lot more capable of dealing with loss than nico because he hasn't had a choice but to get used to it but i think because nico is zombie man right he can't he can't die either or he just aged um they and people who work in the union work on and develop anti-aging type right to help themselves from becoming old and dying so i think it's more that nico has been able to develop stuff that helps him stay alive just like you see that he has the um capsules with the corpses of like different uh people who were of all the negators and everything like that to keep keeping them in cryotosis uh, state to preserve the body and um the main front row is uh fuko mm -hmm. like but, yeah because it was like andy this is what you're fighting for and it, it's really without having andy say it out loud a way for us the audience to be like okay yeah look at him directly they are both fighting for the same thing and like we've seen multiple a lot of people from previous characters even rip himself i'm trying to fight for that one person as well and i'm also i also gave up the world already just let me save my one and only like and everybody's giving up 
except Andy, but Andy, everybody has given up effectively. Nobody's decided yeah. or even believes that this loop, they can beat God. Yeah, they, they've lost all hope of any loop being able to kill God now. So they're like, all right. And the thing that blows my mind is that we know that they're sp- they said the next loop is supposed to be the final one. So it's like, basically, Andy is fighting to get Fuko into the next loop mm-hmm. and planning to, I think, die and then like die. Because like everything I've seen or what we what it suggests that literally God destroys the earth and then just puts it back together. So, because it, it strongly, because like you can remember the, one of the flashbacks, Victor was straight up naked, just standing there looking at the sky. Mm-hmm. So it seems like destroys the earth, Victor's undead, so he's still there. The cycle continues, a bunch of stuff happens, they win or lose. Victor's stuck here, continue. And- wasn't, wasn't Victor the only one that kept going into the arc? Like he was the one that experienced all the destruction of the world? world Juiz has been looping repeatedly oh. Oh. Um, and then Andy lives because Juiz and the thing about that is that if you go back and you look they when they start listing off and explaining that their goal is to kill God they're talking about how um, death is a rule that was added um, they were like uh, hunger like all these things are rules and they even mentioned like sex and gender and if you go back right. you can see that like Andy is a little smaller and Juiz actually doesn't have, has short hair and it has a flat chest. And then when you see it after they had mentioned that sex is a rule that was added, that's when you see Juiz as a woman. And then you see Victor look a little bigger so that like the physical differences became more prominent between the two through the rule of sex. Um, yeah, like within the new next loop, even if like Foucault makes it to the next loop, things can all change again, all because God couldn't get rid of the people that's trying to kill him. He's going to add more rules to it, add more mm-hmm. um, destruction or anything like that. But I think to make the story more interesting in the loop, it has to affect Andy himself. Yeah. That's going to have to like, if we get rid of Andy, then even if Fuko goes into the next loop, there's no way for them to be able to kill me without both undead and unluck. But yeah, um, this entire arc has been like, everybody's given up. Everybody just wants to die with their loved ones or at least yep. still have the ghost of them or have their spirits of them. This whole, like, and the series has always just been people fighting for the people they love, but it's especially prominent this arc where it's like everybody's just uh, fighting because they don't know who they can beat. It's not like fighting Seal is going to magically make, you know, any of that other stuff changed. So hold on, I gotta go turn off an alarm. No problem. Uh, uh, but yeah, the C- even with Seal, we already know she's not unbeatable, but we all thought that she might be something that God uses to uh, just to stop everything. But for now we know she has her own, Seal has the weaknesses. Um, it was not God's solutions to uh, stop Andy, but he he need God would need something to permanently stop Andy in order for nobody to stop the loop anymore and let the world be destroyed. And we keep the, the story keeps repeating like one final loop, one final loop, one final loop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's ever gonna be 
the final loop for God is that no one's out to kill him and the world is finally destroyed with nothing rebuilding it. And whichever is like, that's on earth. What then, whatever in the universe or something like that is still alive, they'll just be Umas. Yeah, I don't, like, it, it's weird that like, whatever the goal of the final loop is or the reason for it is very unclear. Uh, and I don't, I wouldn't mind the idea of, and I'm hoping we do go to the next loop. But the thing about it for me, especially like looking at all this stuff going on is that if you think about it, usually a lot of series when you have like somebody like Andy or somebody like Fuko um, and they're gonna join an organization, they like build up their own team and like kind of build up this dynamic and reach out to people. And you can be like, oh yeah, they have their own like little squad. But like Fuko and Andy never really built their squad you know what i mean they, got, they just got together from some random reason and they found out that they have to have a squad in order for and yeah they just like work with people within the organization so this time it'll be interesting to see like andy and hopefully eventually fuko making it through getting sent to the next loop and then them being able to uh how do i put it them building the union themselves. So like actually getting that classic shonen trope, but way later in the series where they're like gonna be going around trying to recruit people instead of just it being like a happenstance thing. I definitely see Andy using up all, the rest of his points for this, or at least Victor's points. If this is, if next loop is gonna be the final last loop, you might as well go all in with this. And you're the one guy that still has hope for the world in the future. You, you're gonna have to go all in everything which he will for Foucault's mm -hmm. sake because after that you don't know anybody have any more points in the world in the destruction because Jews used all of it and we don't necessarily know how the point system works mm -hmm. we just know that you need enough points for the arc to take you to the next following loop that's the thing that like yeah that's what I'm like Ooh, we'll see what happens here but I last week's uh discussion like i was talking like this is so much like flashpoint in this sort of week in a sort of speak because andy is barry allen oh yeah unruin is thawne <laughs> and like okay that is a good comparison that is a good because <laughs> like they're so they're so similar but they're also the opposite goal in the situation next thing you know like this and they know like this loop is this loop feels like the most the darkest timeline that they've ever known mm -hmm. because like this is the first time Andy starts caring about people other than him wanting to die. Yeah, he, like he was, well, Andy, I think Andy had learned to care about people. Andy goes, is kind of stuck in this weird cycle of developing apathy through lots of conflicts and loss, then losing the apathy through connections, et cetera. Like he's also stuck in this weird loop because as he experiences life, he gets close to people, but then living with immortality he loses people mm -hmm. and so it's like you're stuck in this cycle of depending on where he is in that psychological cycle you might be able to help him he might be a hero he might not be and even andy being an alternate personality seems to be a direct tie into that because victor just got tired of this shit basically yeah he, he victor rather choose to let someone else be the driver and just like let me just sit back and if this new personality still like he's gonna die and i could mm -hmm. die with him so be it because because Andy was the personality that just that just wants to die and Victor has just had it he's done with this world he's he's 
he can't save the love of his life, which was Jules. And everything that's going on, it's, again, it's like everybody gave up, but Andy, that Andy was supposed to be the person where like, where death is supposed to be, but he became the hope for the world, including Victor and everything. Cause he, Victor even gave him the strategy of how to beat Rip. And it's like, you want to use some of my powers, but you have to like, have to, you know what has what do you have to do to help motivate yourself you know what you have to do like you can you have to be greedy you have to know like the next if you can't see it then the next loop has to be what you have to do to change the timeline in hopes that this never happens it, it, i'm really am getting flashpoint story comparison with this entire arc sort of in the sort of and yeah. there's no time shift. There wasn't any time difference yeah, no, change. It, it's just about what the, it's, it's like, whatever the future of this series is, it's going to be hinge on who manages to be the most selfish or whatever. And it, it all happened because Foucault dies, so to speak. And yes. it's, it's like, oh, this is what happens when Foucault dies. You have this sort of time, this time paradox loop that everything happens where everybody starts giving up hope because they had hope. Yeah, like, they, Andy and Fuko together, like, all right, there's a chance. We see them like on it time and time again. They've surpassed this uh threshold level. We've seen how they've passed. They beat all their being the seasons, the miracles happening, and the extent of their power, you gave them hope. Um Don killing Barry's mom, Unruin killing Fuko. Okay, like, now let, let's fuck up the timeline. Just it's like no, we got to get it all through. Done with this. I want the next thing. Like, and I'm like, all right, but y'all. And the thing about it is, is that they're so everybody's panicking and instead of deciding or like sitting down, looking at each other and going, what can we do to make sure we can save who we love in the next loop? It's more like we can have our team first all together. And like, they could they will join us after we help them by saving their one person that what they care about. Mm-hmm. Then like then they were they'll be happy enough where like, okay, I could die in this universe, but at least my next universe we can like the love of my life will be alive. Hopefully I can be alive with her. And this entire future of timeline does never happen. And mm-hmm. that sort of speak. But I how I've so this is what I my theory when it came to Undead and Ruin, because there's so much comparison within the comic books. I can also see the comparison within Moon Knight in itself, where if Andy was uh, Mark and Victor was um, Locke, what if oh. a third personality of a younger Andy and he becomes Steven and that's what Foucault meets up with? A young, smarter Andy, uh, Andy that's supposed to be Steven. Okay, that would be insane. That'd also, be so cool, actually. <laughs> I wanted to address something that people mentioned in the um, chat real quick, and that uh, hold on. there's more than enough content to make a whole season of uh, Undead Unlocked. Oh, for sure. No, you, you can be good. You got two seasons. Do, yeah, like if you wanted to do like 50 to 60 chapter seasons, you could do it one season, and we were almost at the point where we'd hit a threshold for another two seasons. So Andy got a, I mean, not Andy, but we the anime not being announced is actually kind of weird to me because we're at this point where both Undead Unlocked and Mashal are popular enough that you would think they would have an anime by now and right. they just don't. 
Well, maybe because each and every one of them had its own like flaws in that sort of way. And that one flaw was enough to not help push the anime to come out quickly. Because I remember in the beginning of Undead and Luck, not, a, little bit, a lot of people were a little bit turned off by it. Or they were so, it was too weird that they don't know what it, they want to continue yeah. to it. And when given the opportunity, like, all right, let me give it one more, sh- a second chance to continue. And that's how people start getting interested in Undead and Luck. They're liking the series, they're liking the story, the power unique, the power uniqueness in this entire universe is very cool. And it got them hooked onto, yeah, that second chance helped hook onto the series for Undead and Luck. Um, and maybe that's why even after over 100 chapters, they don't have an anime confirmed for it yet. But I think now of all times, even if after the arc finish, it's, it's a good time to have Undead and Luck, the anime, out. Yeah, no, this is, it, it's weird because we're at that point where it's like, no, if you guys just did it, you would be better off. Like, you would be better off just actually making this anime, getting your sales up and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Um, do you want to switch to Kaiju number eight? Yes, I do. Good, good, good. Because I feel like this, like, it's interesting because I think I've said like Jump was really good, but I also think that Jump was very action heavy this mm-hmm. week. Because I don't feel like I have a crazy ton to say necessarily about Iharu's performance or like how this chapter went, but more where I felt like, all right, cool. Every character, we're starting to get like a fleshing out of their fighting styles, right. the way that like they'll move. And I did like this idea that Iharu, a character who's, who is struggling with his confidence, has this concept of zone that when he's in the right mindset, he can quickly jump up and like do you know, greater things right. and then create that space for Reno. He could turn so, it on and off anytime, uh, manually, willingly. If uh, I don't know if you read, uh, I don't know if you uh, read or watch uh, King Ashura. Well, I thought I started. I think I started it on Netflix, but uh, he really reminds me of uh, uh, Cosmo Imai because he also goes into the zone state mm-hmm. whenever he wants to, and then within one second of time he can change the entire story, like literally change the power and technique. And he's just, he's so zoned in where he can actually take down the opponent and that sort of thing. And this is how I see Haru. Like he knows he's not the best fighter. He knows he's not the best soldier compared to everybody else that has all this, who has the kaiju powers, who's proficient, who's always, who's already like a prodigy, born prodigies. And he, that he himself thought he was also a, born prodigy but the moment that you start thinking yeah i'm a prodigy i got this confidence i got this myself and then you saw the real prodigy like okay yeah i I have nothing compared to this but i'm still just as good if not we'll we'll become better to match these people and and him kind of also just being like you can be ahead of me for a while it's okay like that that's the part that really i think seals it for him is that by accepting like I don't have to be the point man and all this other stuff and accepting that like I'm not oh I haven't I wasn't some dude that was like always super flashy but instead looking at himself as somebody that is a dude that had, has the ability to come in and do what he needs to do gave him the ability to do what he needs to do he, he's also even seen in real experience that the person that surpassed him is struggling he can't he himself put everything onto his own shoulders of doing everything 
he probably sees himself like, did I, was that me? Like I had everybody in my shoulders. I thought I was the one to want to handle everything. But like when I saw the real person that do that, like, nah, 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 nah. I've been there. I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be his vice captain. I need to be his number two. Even if I could surpass him for this one moment or this next entire moment, I'm fine with that because he needs this. He needs yeah. to see that he's not by himself when it comes to this. And you see that in a lot in other series too, where like everybody keeps putting everything onto their shoulders. We see Deku do now. We see All Might do now. We see um, other series of main characters been doing that. I, I'm the only one who can do this. I can know I'm the only one that's supposed to be do this. I have all this power. I have all this strength. I'm the only one who can do this. And this is not, and we know like he's not even the supposed to be the main character, the best of the best of all of them. He's still testing out the kaiju's abilities and powers and that sort of speak. But mm. This is a good character develop. Like I'm not the main character, but I'm like your best supporting character that's gonna help develop you. And the the main thing that like this stuff with Iharu and this stuff with Reno and all that other stuff has made me just keep wanting is more of what's her face. I can't remember her name right now. It's escaping me. Shinimoya. Yeah, the commissioner's daughter. Yeah, Shinimoya. Because whatever we have planned for her. Because she's already was already capable of using like forty five percent. Whatever they have planned, like this manga has planned for her, it realistically has to be at least as good as the ice abilities of Reno or the jump points here, because she's the main woman of the series. Um, and not only that, but she lost her father and has to be obvious like it wouldn't make sense for this character to not be developing some new technique or something to make sure that she can get her dad's body back at least you know yeah she's gonna i feel like she's gonna need like i'm my father's daughter like i'm the person that's gonna be taking over. i'm te- not just my father not just my father's uh, daughter but also my mother's daughter who gave herself who, who gave up herself life in protecting this entire, uh, protecting Japan, protecting this world, being the only one to take down the biggest kaiju in the world. Even though like that kaiju power is going into like one of my coworkers, technically Iharu is the, mm-hmm. we're in the same platoon. Like this is something where I need to surpass both my mom and my dad in order for like the world to survive the kaiju wars and everything like yeah. that. But having that clear goal is going to be what allows all of them to make that, you know, wave. And I also like the fact that, like, when a lot of times people, and I, I feel like this even influences how people on Twitter talk about generations of manga and stuff. Like, a lot of times when people are like, oh, the next generation, the new generation will surpass the old, da 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 They just think of a bunch of 16-year-olds. But with Kafka being, like, 31, and then, like, Reno being, like, 19, that's a more realistic depiction of what a generation is. It la- mm-hmm. It's not just everybody in the same age. A generation is like a 10 to 20 year span of people following a certain culture or having certain influences from outside of them and all that other stuff, like from the media zeitgeist to all that other stuff. So this is actually making it where this is an actual generation, uh, people across multiple ages mm-hmm. to embody a generation, not, Everybody like they have the whole ageist kind right. of series. It's, it's gone completely. Well, well, I, well, I just mean that it's like, if you have a series where everybody's born in 1973 rising up, for example, then that generation didn't rise up. 
for some reason, a bunch of niggas that happened to be born in 1973 rose up. <laughs> like it, so we, just, we finally reached our peak. Like, so yo, like, you never know when you're going to reach your peak in your entire life. And I, you chose this moment at this time where, where the entire world is badly needed in this peak. Right. So it's like by splitting it up, it's like, no, this is actually what it means for like a generation of people to be taking stuff on, not just everybody who's like the same age. I do like this though. Like, not it's perfectly fine. Where like, all right, we're going to Kafka, the older generation. Oh, back to the younger generation, the, the Shimimoya. We got oh, the no, Harus no, no. and stuff like that. <laughs> nope. Kafka and Shinomiya, like that fifteen-year gap. Yeah, that is the same generation. That's For example, true. Um, true. the youngest Gen Zer is about ten. The oldest member of Gen Z is now twenty-four to twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Whereas millennials now range between like 26, 27, all the way up to like uh, 40, 42, 43. Yes, yes, yes. So it's like by actually focusing on like these 15 year spans and stuff, we're getting to see like Kafka's, these people. Kafka's the, thresh, to, the threshold line of boomers. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's the line of the boomer, but he's, he's still millennial behind a year. So, yeah. so. and it's also interesting on the other captains too. Like, so he's just like me. Like, so he could turn on and off of the zone moment to make himself be much stronger or make himself a little bit weaker. It's not in a full on 100% all the time. I could put myself in the zone. But, you know, that, that even that has its own drawbacks of stress levels and everything, that's so to speak. So I'm interested. Um, I feel like this part of the arc would be more interesting if it was like week to week kind of thing, instead of being bi-weekly. Cause I feel like this pace, the pacing of it so far with, it, it's gone a little bit long going with Iharu and um, I forgot his name, the other guy's name. Um, like it, their story has been going on. It felt like it's, it's oh, Reno, there you go. Yep. Like the story has been going on for a little bit long I know like you have to develop your other supporting characters, your side characters and that sort of speak, but I feel like this would be better read if it was like a week to week story of going on. Cause I could tell like next chapter, we, we're gonna move on to either back to Kafka and Shimimoya or more of the other side supporting character stories that we're gonna, that, that, we, that the, the mangaka feel like they are important and they're gonna, we're gonna see more of them later on in a bigger war arc or something like that. Uh, any final thoughts for Kaiju number eight? We can move on to uh, Ayashigan. Uh, yeah, because it, there's mm, Ayashigan. <laughs> oh, man. The, um, nobody, well, I did expect it, but we'll, we'll go into that once we go into it. Um, your final thoughts on Kaiju number eight? Kaiju number eight, good chapter. I'm looking forward to seeing more out of Yiharu in the future, but um, we'll, we'll see. Like, I, Reno, Yiharu, cool, we got the team, but I'm just kind of curious about, like, what everybody else is doing. I just kind of, this is all build up. So we're just kind of looking at this interesting, like, there's good action we being woven in here, but this is all build up to more than likely creating a raid for um, the students or not students but like you know like basically building a raid for all these people to then go forward and actually do the attack on kaiju number 10 who i believe is the target 
I think it was number 10. Number 10? Number, yeah, because yeah, I think they killed number nine and number 10 is the one that they're after now. No, they didn't kill nine. Number nine decides to join the human side because he knows that he was a test subject. Yeah. Oh, should no, number 10 is the test subject. Number nine okay. is the yeah. sequel. Yeah, okay. There we go, there we go. Okay, I'm yeah. glad Alves called you out for that Ayashigan. It is gone, though. <laughs> is it not gone? This last so, chapter? Yeah. Okay, so... Ayashiman's ending is very, very tragic, um, specifically because that idea of like aiming for the concept of someone being explored, it's like, yeah, this is a good idea, like, but we're never going to actually get to see it properly fleshed up because now you have to rush through this. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a shame that we're not going to really get any of the like payoff that we wanted. And I've seen something about like how the chapter counts are a little funny for this to be only getting two volumes. So there might be a couple chapters that are unreleased that end up in the third volume that will finish out this fight that the glass gang war is supposed to imply is starting, but I don't know for sure. It's just, I don't know. It's just all around just kind of sad. Like I, in all honesty with Ayashima, there was already a lot of content and story that's there's potential and interest early on within the story but I felt like there was so much content and there's so much potential we need something more uh mm-hmm. together and compressed oh you're talking about a Yasha gone ah, yes I see yes. what's happening yes here. we are oh. ladies and gentlemen the man the myth the legend the Ray Apollo oh my goodness oh I mean I knew this was gonna happen same this this was this I, was a, this was an easy this is an easy axe. I mean, especially on the trend that they've had recently with stories like this. I was like, yeah, that one's going, it's going to bounce. Like, um, yeah, because it's popularity. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> five piece. It's popularity. Uh, it's popularity has not been doing so well in the rankings for uh, Shueisha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like you actually start seeing hints of like weird story that's going into like when it came to the whole the tenkus and the whole like oh uh, we have a whole we're at a disadvantage we're supposed to be the underdog of the entire uh gang uh company and everything they have everything advantage and then you go into automatic training arc uh, training chapter so to speak for moral you know, it, it, I mean, it is unfortunate though because, like, it does it does seem like it had more potential. So, I I really wish they had a place um, where they could. I don't want to say send these these stories back like down to AAA, you know, from the from the major league. You know what I'm saying? So they can still right. kind of at least get a little bit more shine, or like at least give them a little bit more time to like wrap up their stories without rushing them. Um, I mean, I wish they could use Jump Plus for that, but I mean, I don't really know what the goal is with Jump Plus other than for more mature series anyway so they have good stuff in jump plus jump plus is technically kaiju number eight stuff the down to down down uh stuff the uh uh i've got that the game s- sort of uh manga series um air is really the it's really good same. yeah there's a lot within its own popularity <laughs> with jump plus uh but i feel like that's also a very popular area too because it has a name jump uh, shonen jump in it or jump yeah mm-hmm. and yep. they know their own audience where like they don't have to worry about younger kids reading this we can go a little bit more pg-13 exactly. uh, that's why i'm glad they're putting chainsaw man over there 
uh, it definitely fits in its own series. Um, I know Chojin X goes to a different manga series too, in a different magazine, and that's how they're still going on and on. And yeah, good weird ass story. <laughs> Tokyo Ghoul, I mean, it, it, it was mean, very yeah. successful uh, during that time yeah. and during that place. It, it got very successful. But, but for the mangaka ah. of Hell's Paradise and um, Jigoku? Jigoku? No, Jigoku Raku is Hell's Paradise. Yeah, mm-hmm, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Jir- yep, that's, the full, that's the full name. Okay, yeah, Hell's Paradise. Um, but Hell's Paradise did work as a monthly series, though. And no, then, it was weekly. Oh, it was, it was weekly. weekly? Oh, okay. No, it was no, weekly. no, literally Hell's Paradise was allowed to thrive and flourish probably because it was in Jump Plus. And mm. it was an 18 plus series. Um, mm. So it's like, it's jump, like it was in jump plus weekly, good series. Um, it, to me, it just didn't, like, it's because jump plus is primarily digital that this was able to work out because I think that people, like the company with it on jump plus and making a primarily digital space they aren't worried about the actual selling of the magazine and furthermore the specific like dedicating pages to add space or whatever to also go along with the chapters right so if you feel like ayashiman is isn't going to draw people into buying the magazine and create a profitable uh area where you could place ads between it and the next thing then you're going to cut it out because if yeah, somebody's think, just going to skip that whole section of the magazine, you know, honestly, a Yashimon will work really well as a webtoon. I won't even front. Like, I feel like I it would be really good too. as like an online, like, colored, colored yeah, pages colored series. series. Like, honestly, yeah. I feel like it will, it will work really well for that. But then, like, just so many hints was already there. Like, last chapter, they hinted the fourth wall breaking. And we've seen other manga series, the moment they touch into the fourth wall, like they put in their own real experience of what it was like working for Shonen Jump and all that stuff like that. Uh, like Red Hood, like the whole, like how the story mm-hmm. development came in, like how the high in action low, the highs and lows and all that stuff like that. Because usually people, mangakas would put those kind of comments at the last chapter of the, in the comments of section. Like it's usually that, thank you guys uh, for letting me join in the team. Uh, with other Shonen Jump series, I uh, had a good time there. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I could come back uh, in a later with a new feature and story. And that's and we can only hope. But I have other projects I want to work on, and we'll see if that can put me on another on a different magazine run or something like that. Yeah, I mean, so I got a question for y'all. With uh, you know, I I know y'all want to talk about Yashiman, but like just kind of, I'm talking about like just I don't know the situation with the Yashiman. I have this feeling that we're about to get a bunch of past series to come back to take the place of all these series that are like basically falling off. Um, so I'm like, you know, Hunter Hunter's coming back. Um, mm-hmm. I think Bleach is about to come back, like manga-wise as well too. Um, and then I have this like, there's this weird feeling that we're about to get something from Yu-Gi-Oh again. I don't know why, don't ask, but I feel like we're about to get something from Yu-Gi-Oh-ish again. So. What do y'all what do y'all think about that? The, all these things die, so these old folks to come back and be like, yeah, thanks for holding the pages while so, we was taking a break. One, I mean, I am it is overdue since we have some kind of trading card manga mm-hmm. series thing. When is the last time we had a, a card? It's manga? been a we it's don't. been, a, <laughs> it's a, been while. a I think it's really it really has been Yu-Gi-Oh, right? I, I don't believe like Bak uh 
Vanguard ever had a manga series that's on Jump and other uh, stuff too. Uh, we already know why Ford didn't have any. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm, and I, I'm pretty sure Pokemon card series would be too expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be too <laughs> expensive. <laughs> it would have the popularity run, sure, but you you gotta have you talk to a Pokemon company, talk to their president, go through all the many I'm people's. Trying to, I'm trying to think. See, like, I'm gonna ban you. You better watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Because I don't, I don't know if we get a card game manga, but I do think it's odd. Well, we do have what is it? Blue box? Is that what it's called? Blue lock? Or, soccer? No, no, no. Because I, which also, does anybody read the Elusive Samurai? Because that's been in here for a while. And I, I have not. Uh, I so I'm behind probably by like twenty chapters right now. But I, I, I guess I could say that it's fine. But no, what I was uh, asking about was, because I knew there was some manga that had been coming out recently that was like a sports romance one. But oh, oh, um, oh, oh uh, the, the, the yeah, badminton uh, one? That badminton basketball uh, thing? No, hold on. I know exactly which one he's talking about because it, it actually, it, it was kind of popping for a hot minute there. Um, ooh, blue Box. Something yeah, yeah, blue oh, box. yeah, it was yeah. Blue Box, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. over 54 chapters. Damn. Well, then again, sports does really well. On its I mean, own. It, depends. it really depends. I'm Actually, surprised Witch Watch is still going because I've never heard anything good about this series. <laughs> I mean, Witch Watch is it's there. It's got a, it's got a following. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are okay with dropping Protect Me Shigemura as being axed too. And then there's High School Family that's been going on for 87 chapters. I'm telling you, gag manga exists in a different world. Oh, completely different world. Completely, completely different. Completely. Because, like, gag manga just because, like, if somebody because basically, if somebody's reading a gag manga, it's like reading the funnies, like in, in mm-hmm, a newspaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like some people will buy those just for that, and so that's what helps them keep ad space. And some I mean, people don't that's what made Toriyama all his money. That's so, true. I mean, it's like that's that's really where it kind of started, and then Dragon Ball. I'm, I tell people all the time, Dragon Ball was a gag manga in the beginning. And then it became a shonen. <laughs> like, straight up. Hold on. I'm texting my girlfriend. Sorry. <laughs> that one shook him so much, y'all. But no, yeah. Uh, Goku, like, you know, kicking people in the balls for years. I'm sure it was hilarious. So, I mean, here we are now. But I'm like, I don't know. I feel like we're about to see a resurgence of some of the stuff that... Goku also... We blew a robot's head off in Dragon Ball and then literally went, oh no, I killed a guy. Put his hands together <laughs> and went, I'm sorry, God. Like, yep, sure did. Yeah, Z made it an action series. I don't know why people use the phrase Battle Shonen. That's one of those weird phrases to me. I mean, it's Battle Shonen, Battle Series. I mean, it's like, hey, battle for kids. See, my thing about it is, is that like, Shonen is not a genre, and it needs to stop getting treated like a genre. It is just an age demographic slash target audience. Now. Essentially, it is now. Yeah. It's so like, it's like it's like teen fiction. Yeah. Like, it's like that, but like sure. teen fiction isn't a genre. It's a. It's just like a target. It's Go like, to hey, the library. What do they call it? It's the teen fiction section. It, they're telling you what age group they're targeting. They're like, hey, kids, look at this. Yep. Now you got action series over here. You got this. It's just like a. They like all a, fall uh, under teen fiction. It's just like, <laughs> hey, look at this. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, those aren't genres. This is just a demographic. <laughs> like, 
I mean, I feel like a genre can be a demographic in some in cases like this because it's not meant for adults, air quotes, but it's meant for these younger folks. I mean, it's, the, I it's guess their area, their genre that's being targeted towards them. I don't consider because, like, I guess to me that would be like saying BET is a genre. You know what I mean? It is. Like, it is. Like, <laughs> I, uh, is it though? That's what it was started as. Oh, it, um, my speaker that, just switched. No, uh, <laughs> panel. <laughs> BET panel. Like, I don't consider, yeah, like, I don't consider black young adult entertainment television. Like, I consider it to, like, black media to be things that are targeted towards us, but I don't consider it a genre. T- Tyler Perry's chan- channel. Like, <laughs> I guess, yeah, like, that's another way. Like, American <laughs> Gangster, a movie about Denzel Washington. Like, I guess really what it comes down to is this. Using a demographic the same way you use a genre doesn't work because it doesn't tell you anything for real. I mean, that's the point. It's all all marketing. It is, it is. That's why I'm saying, like, it's not a marketing. Yeah, that's why I say it's not a genre. It's just a marketing term. Like, horror is a genre because you're like, oh, this is going to scare me. This is what this is supposed to do. Suspense, thriller, like, you know, this is about the thing. Like, I mean, but you, you, what about like young horror? Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody actually calling it young horror? Oh, who knows? I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not what gonna do you lie. Goosebumps here, bro. <laughs> RL Stein books, young horror. Anyway, getting us off topic. Um, you know, know what? You know what? If if they're gonna introduce some old school kind of, if we're gonna have mystery back. I wouldn't. I would not mind to have some kind of Scooby Doo manga series for the chump. I think the I younger viewers could be a lot of fun. That could be a lot of fun. Go get them. To, go get them to find Conan. <laughs> Seinen is not all dark stuff. No, like you need to. Under, okay, this is why I keep. Okay, this is okay. No, Ray. See, Ray, this is what you're doing. So I'm about to explain why you cannot. Family Guy is a Seinen. Yeah, it is. Family Guy is an anime. <laughs> it's a, it's a King of the Hill is one of the most popular anime from the U.S. as far as Japanese people are concerned. I would say the dark humor, the dark language when it comes to like, yo, this shit is happening in real life kind of stuff is dark. It's sunny. All of it. All that is sunny. Yeah like, yeah, like even One Punch Man is actually considered that. Yeah, I mean, listen. <laughs> on, on the topic of Listen, King of the Hill is one of my favorite anime of all time. Don't quote me on this. <laughs> okay. When they, they were even trying to, when they trying to plan to reboot the series. Okay, we've gone like too far. Like, somebody brought up Corey in the house. We've gone too far. Anyway, <laughs> go back. <laughs> I mean, Boondocks is a sunny. I, I'll give it that. Oh, God. Boondocks is a sunny. Jesus. Um. JJK is shown that it's dark. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, have y'all talked about JJK yet? Not no. yet. But then since you're on, we want to go into <laughs> the vigilantes. Oh, I can, I'm, 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 of course you caught up on vigilantes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> what, a, what a good-ass story. Yes, okay. I agree. Like, personally, I am very happy with this because... Me? Like, okay, if... If, if, if... Big if. If they hadn't included that last page where it says to be continued. 
in into... my hero academia i would dot, be dot, a dot. little more no it says eh. dot 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 i'm i'm guessing they're gonna have like other side stories or continuation stories oh that would, no, that would no. have... so, so this is the best part about this now because do you know what the biggest issue with vigilante's story ending right here if it truly truly ends right here for koichi is he never actually fought the dude that was messing with his life nope with because... off off for one think about that he, all for one, has been out here and has studied and focused on Koichi the entire time mm-hmm. and has never actually interacted with the crawler. Mm-mm. Yep. I don't think even Crawler knew about all for one nope. behind the scenes of everything. Nope. And, 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 you, know, it and, is, you know why? Because Boyd was too busy living his damn life. And here's the thing. When we talk about all for one's opponents, people are always talking about like, oh, yeah. The, the rivalry between All Might and Off One has been split between both Deku and Bakugo because Deku, you know, he's got the he's the successor of One for All. He's moving in there. He's gonna uh, be able to, you know, live up to this like ideal of All Might. He's gonna have to surpass All Might via, and he's like this big All Might fan that has to surpass him by taking on Shigaraki and defeating him because he's the next version of All for One. And people are like, yeah, Bakugo got the other half where. You know, he's focusing on, like, actually just whooping his ass. So we got to bring that in there and really have Bakugo, like, pulling up. Because, you know, his goal is to surpass All Might. And he's a big All Might fan. But nobody's talking about how Koichi is a big All Might fan. And he's doing the thing that everybody thought Deku was going to do. Koichi, after having his life constantly threatened by the machinations of All for One, has traveled to America. Yep. Yep. Listen. Koichi is probably one of my favorite characters to come out of this universe, period. Mostly because he was he was a regular-ass dude who had dreams of being a hero, and society said, nah, you go go be a, 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 you know, a part of society. He was like, eh. But then he still also wanted to do that, and so he, he found a way to do it in a way that worked out for him. And then it's, all this other bullshit just happened to kind of... He became his own friendly neighbor... He became his own friendly neighborhood hero... I mean, that's why and, I love it. And it, it worked, and it worked for him. Spider-Man. It's a, he's a bug. <laughs> like, I love it. And now he's called Skycrawler. Which is also hilarious. It is hilarious. <laughs> but, God, I like just the progression of that story. It just worked. I thought the pacing was great all the mm-hmm. way through. It just, it, it, it had a beginning. It had a climax. And it had an end. And I was like, yo. And then it had an epilogue, technically. So I'm like, this is, this was great. I'm like, okay. I mean, I kind of am like, well, man, I wish that we had more like individual stories about different people from, you know, mm-hmm. different students in the school because I feel like then they could be way more fleshed out. Yeah, because I like to know what happened with the whole after the whole Gigamakia incident mm-hmm. happened. And like, so technically, the, his, his friends and family are still in Japan. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, 10 years yeah almost less than 10 years something like that and then like we we just know that uh narota that's because that's where the part the city part of japan at they in i try to go back to where gigamakia was destroying all these cities narata was not one of the names being mentioned yeah because it's it's um it's kind of like off the what do they say it's like on the outskirts of tokyo or something like that um so it's it's all it's just in a different pocket period yeah, it's just them being in all these little areas. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see, like, 
actually that city was actually still doing well even after the Gigamakia incident where the heroes the vigilantes are still working they're still doing their own thing i mean well um, uh funny enough off for one said it he was like you know what are the scariest things is you know individual people with quirks that we don't know are wonderful rising up and fighting me <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's exactly what happened Wait, oh, it, it oh, seems like he also, enjoys vigilantes more than the heroes in itself kind of thing i mean because it, it was a dual purpose for him it served a purpose it's like vigilantes are both good and bad for me is it is am i the only one who thinks it's funny how he named him skycrawler like he's a spider-man yes but then yes. he gave him the superman return scene <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which was badass, by the way. It was beautiful. I was like, how what a better like there was no better way for them to like round that out for him. It was I love that scene. It was mm-hmm. great. Like, and he still gets the same treatment. Oh no, they sent in the crawler. Uh, what is he going to do? Like <laughs> exactly. they giving him the whole Robin treatment too. Like it's, oh, it's, oh it's, all the superheroes to give us Robin. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. that's his personality. He's the guy who's there to help that you're like, wait. But where's the other guy that really want us to help? <laughs> Just remember, he started off as nice guy. <laughs> exactly. Nice little guy. <laughs> Over there. God. And then the whole publicity where he's po- like, basically, he's doing uh, Captain Celebrities doing like Captain Celebrity came to Japan to better help his rep and everything. So he'd go back into America. I now, do Koji- really love that that's how they rounded that relationship yeah. out. Like, I actually loved that. I was like, that, that's what it was perfect. smart. It was very smart. And like, like it's because Kochi knows people. He had the network connections. Like, all right, we're going to do the same thing. We know you're uh, Japan's most wanted and you have to pay all these debts and all the destruction is all being put on blame to you. So let's, let's bring you to America, better up your ramp. You weren't really the full cause of this destruction, but all of this can be resolved. It just need to, you just need to do it in America, that sort of thing. Yeah, like he's basically working and getting... Also, we got two color pages. We which, did. We did. And they were really good. Like that, a new era. And what I want to say too, though, is that Koichi, at the end of this of Vigilantes, is roughly, timeline-wise, at the start of MHA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because it starts off like five years before MHA begins or something like that. Or yeah. like either five years before MHA begins or before Deku gets into UA, either way. And which the, the only reason that difference matters is 10 months. But <laughs> so, uh, so does that mean like that a, a new era is basically literally the era that we are in? in my start, era. Yeah, exactly. It's the start of my hero. Yeah. Well, as we know it, absolutely. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, th- this ends with the, literally the creation of the Nomu, which right. we do know, like, and I feel like... Because of number six involved, and everything, yep, yeah. Uh, which was ridiculous, by the way. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that they, they don't have a, a species that they're fighting right now, because they would have been washed a long time ago. So remind uh, me, <laughs> number six also evolved, too, right? In his own kind of quirks um, evolution, in his own Nomu sort of sense? In a way, yeah, like, it was just him, it was his potential being explored out of what uh, it, it, he was kind of like overclocking himself consistently yep. and uh right yep basically he was just like doing everything in his power which was another perfect name for a quirk for him like i was like wow what a perfect name for this situation <laughs> and the quirk wasn't even his to begin with neither and this is like oh so this is what okay this is what 
an experiment guinea pig. Wait, all I'm saying is I'm so glad that none of the other Nomu turned out as good as six. Right, mm-hmm. right. Oh, yeah. Because like they, because the other Nomus didn't really have it, their own consciousness. Like they didn't have I their mean, own so, No, exactly. They took that part out of them, um, which I think is weird, by the way. I'm, it's weird that he took out their ability to think because that's what made six so powerful. And I was like, well, I guess he just wanted something that was easier to control. Yeah. Which I guess yeah. it makes yeah. sense, but also doesn't at the same time. I, I, th- I think so too, because like, I think Dobby was like the most, was one of their worst uh, test subject <laughs> experiment of what they can't, what will happen if you give them your own consciousness and something you can't control, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, if we were talking about this, this is the same timeline where the uh, My Hero Academia, the original series starts, that means everything else that happened before, like the past and um, the conflict, the Endeavor story, the Deku and Bakugo childhood story, everything was happening at the same time, right? I hope that people, when they're having their power scaling conversations about Endeavor, include stuff from Vigilantes, because he has some ridiculous feats in here, too. He does. Besides the curtain and everything, and him willing to, like, not nuke, but... um, Mustard gas the entire city just to destroy everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm specifically talking about that fucking fire tornado that he does. Uh, oh yeah, the, point accuracy. The the the, the tornado where they're like, wow, because he's utilizing the drafts and all this other stuff in the. Yeah. Or like, because okay, this is one of those things too that I think a lot of people forget is that Endeavor has always kind of been a savage. Yes. And one thing I will say. Wait, okay, since we, we brought up in Vigilantes and Endeavor, we kind of might as well, you know, if you want, but we don't have to segue. I mean, you can, I mean. Because yeah. like, really, while we're talking about. We're going to go back and forth with this. I feel like we're going to go back and forth with this. It's all MHA. Let's be real. It's, it's all, all connected. <laughs> so what do you want? We can just start the timing for it, but then we can go back and forth with Vigilantes. Yeah, we'll, with we'll, the we'll two. just bounce between the two, and it'll basically just put like Vigilantes, and then if you want for the time step, yeah, this I got when the that. conversation starts blending. <laughs> I got the touch that. <laughs> um, but with Endeavor, especially because one, he is a character that has been upping his physicality throughout the entire of my career. He's a character that's mm-hmm. showing you he's able to constantly level up. Um, two, one of the things that I think is really important is that Flash Fire is one of the big moves and a big deal for Endeavor and it's really powerful and stuff. And we saw that back when his overheating was really bad, they would hit him with fire extinguishers in Vigilantes. Yep. But yep. You notice that a lot of the big moves that Endeavor had in Vigilantes are ranged attacks. Yes. Like yep. that that carpet bomb move that he almost killed Koichi with. The, <laughs> like, <laughs> the carpet so, bomb. I wish you would see that with a kid because that move was dope as hell. I was like, wow, okay, that's dope. And so, You're like young man, he's a much younger time, the much younger age where I can keep doing this. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting too old for this. I can't keep doing this. My body's starting to affect it. I can't keep do- moving. But now like you this. look at these flash fire fist moves, right? And when you get, for example, and I saw this on Twitter and I was glad somebody else pointed this out. Did you notice that Endeavor basically hit off of one with, tried to hit off of one with the same combo that Deku hit Shiggy with midair? Yep. Yes. Because like he yep. got him like rapid firing, vanishing fist, making them on both hands, which is already a big improvement because he only he had only used vanishing fist like twice when he fought Shiggy back during the war. So like all this training has been paying off for Endeavor. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just like learning from the kids, which is also really cool to see. Especially because he, he always talked about like shape manipulation, but like now he's really shape manipulating. And mm-hmm. I think that's partially mm-hmm. something he might've picked up from Shoto. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know what? I mean, yeah, you're probably right. 
And so, but yeah, like Endeavor is a character that's been interesting to watch, especially because psychologically, whew. Man. Yeah, he's been, he, it's, it's been a lot. <laughs> the a lot. way he lost his mask mid-fight today, mm-hmm. when he said, you never did find. Toya's body. Exactly. He's like, he's like, hey, by the way, just wanted to, you know, drop this one tidbit. <laughs> you didn't know about this, but I I, I found it. I found that, the body. That's and, what makes it crazy because dude was like, um, and he started this, like, you know, I actually like I couldn't bring you uh he actually said, like, I, I do love to sow the seeds of every new like stuff that comes in. And it's like by the way, you never really found your son's I mean, body. He, he, he was, what did he want to do? He wanted to cast doubt. He was like, well, uh, maybe that's not who I think that is, you know? It's like, well, my thing is, is that he was basically like, he opened with, like one of the first things that Endeavor said, he said to Endeavor was, you haven't ended the abuse to your oldest son. Huh. Now he's telling him, you might've been able to fix it if it wasn't for me. Right, that, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, boy, he, he's he, really, he, he really got you. He really got you stitched up. <laughs> That's my thing. Because the audience knows, because uh, like the, the readers and everybody knows about the story, but Endeavor was like the only person that didn't did not know where the hole fills in of what happened to Toya from this to Dobby sort of time speed. And you, you know something with the Todoroki family, people always talk about like Hori's a parallel merchant. We need to talk about how when it comes to the Todoroki family, Hori's favorite writing thing is not parallels, but dramatic irony. Yeah. She loves setting us up in positions where we're like, we're pretty sure of this with the Todoroki family, but this person doesn't know it. So right. Da-da-da-da. And it's like we're constantly seeing stuff like that. So like with this, it's and my favorite thing about what the Endeavor thing is, it's directly a callback to Camino. Even though he says yeah. it straight up, it's like that same offer one using familial ties and his own manipulations and exploitations of those familial ties to create villains or push people to villainy to hurt the number one hero. And Hawks knew, Hawks knew about this too. Like, yo, he's trying to get to you the same way he, like same way with Camino. Like he got to All Might, like make them like break, make them mentally like <laughs> unstable. Like, don't listen to him. All this, this man will run his mouth to distract you while he slaps you. He's like, don't listen to him. <laughs> but it's more like, but then is what is whatever he's saying a lie though? Like, I mean, it, it, he ain't I mean, lying. He's not lying though. Yes, but, no, <laughs> I mean, it's like he, he's been in control the entire time and he knows it. That's the problem. Right. And here's my thing, right? So we, we talked about Koichi coming here. If we're going to get Koichi at the battlefield, my question Man. to you guys. Because I, I expect Koichi to, yeah, like I, I expect Koichi to show up. Where are you expecting him to land first? Because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, Star and Strike came out. But I'm like, no, if Star and Strike was willing to do that, then Koichi with his ability to fly, well, I mean, I guess, I guess they now. characters have a reason to come out if they feel like so the reason Koichi why ain't I never like, heard. Exactly. He, he, he was, what, he, what the thing he said? My body just moved on its own. The true mm. hero court, you know, the true hero <laughs> statement. And so I'm like, honestly, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one that shows up at Floating UA. You think he's beating Deku there? I think so. I'm, I, th- I, 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 think, I think so. I think he's the solution to help Deku conserve as much energy before his fight with Shigaraki. Like he's going to be the one that's helping Deku get up to the sky, to the sky island. 
I mean, he needs a lift. And we yeah. know that Devin can't like really fly. He can like fake fly, but you know, they they way up there. Well, Koichi could, it could also be like, oh, he just actually came back to Japan for vacation, maybe meet up with his family or something like that. I, I, that <laughs> I mean, we know that we know that he was there. To, like, he was he had to come back to Japan because he, technically he could still be a hero in Japan too. Mm-hmm. Unless they're still uh, so, blaming, unless they're still blaming him and the whole thing. But I think after I'm this situation, saying, yeah, what, what, what this, incident? What incident? We just I'm need, sorry, what? We need as much help as we can. <laughs> Actually, a little uh, surprised too. Be bad if we saw Captain Celebrity. Um, that'd be it, but we probably won't see him. Uh, probably because he's like, "Hey, you go back to Japan. I really got to hold it down here in America after what happened with our girl." Right. So, mm-hmm. I, I, but no, I, I actually would love to see him. But I actually, I, I can definitely. Like, maybe we. I was worried that we might not see him. Actually. I don't think we'll see Captain Celebrity because of that reason, where it's no, still inter- it's still international conflict. We might not see Koichi. Well, the thing about the the hero society in USA is that they can't interfere with other countries because of international conflict. And they like they've mentioned that uh, during uh, with Stars and Stripes story, like other other heroes from other countries can't come to Japan's aid because everybody else needs their own number one hero to stay within the states and everything that so to speak. But if let's say they never they still don't confirm Koichi as the hero in mm-hmm. USA. He's still vigilante wise because remember the voting thing. Like, all right, is is Koichi a hero okay. or a villain? Okay. The funniest <laughs> funny thing incident. about that, the funniest thing about that for me is that like the voting system. But two, the thing that made them say, "Oh yeah, he's a hero," is dude being like, "Are you gonna fuck up Wall Street?" <laughs> he's like, that uh, was hilarious. Yes, with all my might. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's really good for the other people. Why are you voting for a hit villain? Like, he, he's not a villain. Like, that's what made me die because he's like, the best at Wall Street. And then they're like, yeah, take out those rich elites. And he's oh, like, oh my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, take down the 1%. <laughs> take down the 1%. I don't know. I love that. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. Also, I, I love that they actually kept it true to who he was because remember how Captain Celebrity kind of like almost spoke like perfect Japanese? <laughs> yeah. Man was and, literally face palming the moment. Like, he's like, hey, I don't speak English, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What's all these questions? Why did why he just suddenly do this? It's like, oh, bro. Yeah. But no, it was, I don't know. Vigilantes stands to be like probably one of my favorite series in jump in a while like that's finished straight up i agree and i'll also say that the the wrap-up shots are definitely there to tell you all might is a teacher by the end of this series yeah Stane is an active killer yeah as the hero killer by the end of this series yeah so yep. we like they're straight up because like all, you see all might's in skinny form with the pack you got mm-hmm. aizawa like sitting there and it looks like he's basically at ua because he's got his sleeping bag on He's teacher, yep. yeah. He's starting like the teacher evolution thing. I mean, they sh- they showed you everybody that they showed us. Like, in, like we saw Rappa, we saw Mirko, mm-hmm. we, we saw everybody. Which was it was. Re- I thought that was really dope because it's like you know, if your person is reading both, like this, like this is like the oh shit, yeah, this is this was the setup, which I I really do love because so it kind of is like oh uh, yeah, without Koichi, we wouldn't have the My Hero Academia that we do. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. The more patrols within each of the cities with Fat Gum and his assistant, genius being best genius doing the best genius do. Uh, Ida's brothers, like yeah, this is more like we 
our heroes, we do more of the patrols kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like Koichi did set up a lot of stuff of giving heroes a different view where you don't really need to be a hero to be a hero. But these are the main stars, though. It doesn't mean like Mount, Mount Lady was doing it for publicity or the fame first until like she, you start throughout the uh, later until later on it's she's a hero full on full on full through and then all these other heroes that were in it for the fame the money and the glory that just quits and then you just see who remains and that so to speak but at least we know we saw like, him too by the way mm-hmm. he was in one of those images like the, the samurai like, hero yes like yoroi mitcha that shot yeah um, because we have Fat Gum, Vernon's even getting a little bit of light. So, yeah, Vernon. Which, one of the things that I like about this too is that Aizawa getting two pages or two panels because he's thinking about Koichi as, it's more than likely suggesting that he's contemplating Koichi as this event, like Circle the News or whatever. It also mm-hmm. set up the, like, the underworld too, uh, mm-hmm. the underworld guy. Uh, yeah. The, the, the wrestler guy that goes with uh, Overhaul's group. Yeah, which made me like Rappa even more, by the way. Yeah, I was like, dang it, this is a great character. And then, also, can we talk about Knuckle Duster? Knuckle Duster, oh, <laughs> even with the crutch, he's like, yo, oh, yo, you pedal crime, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> like, dude's like, no, no matter who Duster. it is, I'm being he, ass. He, he really, basically, he really, rem- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no cork needed. Only my fists will do the talking. <laughs> my fist of justice. He really re- anybody hands. No, he really, he really reminds me of Michael Roke and the wrestler. <laughs> in the words of the old ESRB commercial, rated E for everyone. <laughs> basically, basically. Like, um, but no, if I don't know, I'm so the reason why I'm thinking we might not see Koichi in the main serialization is because um, I mean. Yeah, we got Star and Stripe who we thought was OP, but like Koichi is like, if he's had time to like actually train, boy's literally ultra instinct Goku. And then they won't really take him, in, but people don't take him seriously or they don't even know that he, how much he can do. And that's what he's I'm glad right. you compared him to Goku because I want to see him do one of those thrusters like he did for his feet. On a mm-hmm. shooting go Oh I my see. god! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna need you to really think about what you're saying, Ray, and ask yourself, <laughs> man, <laughs> up that chance. So, 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 so here's a thing. Damn it! So here's my thoughts when I want to shoot go blam blam, comment ha, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also thinking like with Kochi. With the media and his face and everything like that, would he be the inspiration for people to go into being a vigilante yes. of heroism? Because we know Stain was able to bring in the vigilante of uh, villains, but Koichi has been doing the vigilante of showing that you don't have to be, you don't need a UA hero's license or you don't need a hero's license to be a hero. You can be a hero in itself, but he's doing it in America. Um, so like, I make this comparison because like, I, I, in the group chat, and because I, I think it's kind of really true where Japan, you need, okay, to be a hero, you need to go to high school for it. You need to go to college for it. You have to have the license for it. And then you could be a big time hero. And then you could be a hero officially. 
And then when it came to the USA, all you need is a GED and an internship, and you're a hero. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> you and don't the, need and it. The, and the good word of a rich white man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just need anyway. the networks. You just need the networks for it. And he did have the networks for it. Exactly. He did. I mean, he got a college degree. He like that's true. He did. is a certified college graduate. Koichi is better educated than most heroes, actually. Uh, yeah. Yes. Period. Yes. <laughs> Man, literally, he's not getting paid for his heroism work. He's not an internship work, but he's he's the neighborhood Narata's hero, and everybody remember, knows him. They appreciate him, and even if it's like the small petty crimes, or even if it's not even non-crime, it's if it's like directions or to help an old lady moving groceries. He was that na- friendly neighborhood hero. He was that dude, the nicer guy. <laughs> but um, before I get, because I got to bounce here in a minute. Um, before I go though, so I mean, um. Vigilantes, I'm I'm really glad that it wrapped up and that it ended first of all, but that it didn't try to do too much. Uh, because sometimes you get these spin-offs that try to do too much when this was technically a prequel, uh, right. which makes me really happy to see um that I don't know, I feel like if somebody decides to do something or horror coach decides to oversee other spin-offs of his series, I feel like we shouldn't be too worried about them being ridiculous. I feel like they'll probably be pretty good, uh, if they're anything like what Vigilantes was, hopefully. And um, like we know the style too, because like I'm the last sorry. chapter's last chapter's name was the Skycrawler Rising. Yep. We're gonna have we're gonna have that same title onto uh onto the later of the original series, Skycrawler Rising. Rising I mean, chapters specifically are designed to signify that person hitting a high point in their yep. work as a hero, or like achieving something and making it a point where like hitting a point of conviction. Because, like, when you remember when we got, like, Bakugo Rising, I think that was all the way back in, hold on. I'm trying to, because I know there's. Bakugo Rising there's multiple times. And then the Rising chapters. No, the Rising one was, uh, I believe, Kasuki Bakugo Rising was when he got stabbed by All for One. Yep. Yes. Yep. I think Todoroki got a Rising, right? Shoto. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think. I don't think so. No, no, they don't. no, he doesn't. He doesn't. But then they did the villains, right? I think Shigaraki had its own rising, right? No, uh, something like that. They had origin. Yeah, oh, origin. Origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, because and Shigaraki to this date has the longest like chapter sequence with the origin name attached to it. Right. Because mm. they did the Dobby one, they changed it to the wrong way to put out a fire instead, purposely avoiding <laughs> giving. Which is also they, a perfect the origin, title. The origin thing is for individuals. But the wrong way to put out the fire. Yes, it gave us the like the thing we learned a lot about was Dobby, but it was about that whole family. Mm-hmm. So, but we also know that there's going to be a Shigar- Tomura Shigaraki rising, and that would be the peak of where the villains has the yeah. biggest advantage. We're just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> mm. Oh, and then oh, no. before you dip out, Ray. What's up? You gotta tell me what you thought about the main series chapter. Okay, so I mean, oopsie daisy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking lie by that guy, by the way. I'm like, wow, you ain't shit. But it was perfect. <laughs> it was like, this is this is perfect. All for what? Just straight up. I was like, okay. Um, but no, this is, uh, I mean, you've been saying it. Ain't no way he comes out of this unscathed if he comes out of it at all. And I'm talking about Endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious to see how they actually, because I mean, it seems like they have a plan-ish on how to deal with him, but I'm like, do they really think that that's all it's going to take? 
is to you know take out his Vader breathing support, which it did make sense because when they when they brought when they made the call back to the break the prison break, I was like, oh yeah, he's right. He did have that machine with him, like he needed mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I'm like, oh, do they do enough damage to the big boss? One for all here to like kind of take him out of everything else going forward. I'm like, that wouldn't be a bad trade. I'll be honest. Um, but I don't know if they'll be able to do it by themselves, especially with all these kids here. Hawk's narration of the entire thing, too, is actually pretty good. Like, damn it, he still had another card to play. Like, he mm-hmm. never, he knew Endeavor's struggles. He knew he can't make a clean break like he, he was able to with bad parenting and like the story and stuff like that. But I still got to be his support. I got, and even throughout the chapter, Hawks was like, all right, I, can, I know I'm not going to be able to do, I wasn't supposed to be the one to deal the last blow anyway, but I got to go save Endeavor, even if I got to take that full on blast from all for one, and that's going to like mm-hmm. kill me. Automatically, like I got to be a hero. I got to think the future. I don't care if I die. Endeavor has to be the one to take out the last punch and that sort of stuff. But do you really think that it was really all for one's uh, inhaler or the gas mask is what his weakness is, really? Yeah. I mean, honestly, so that's, that's I, think that's, I, think I that's feeling like a real red herring, y'all. I'm back. I'm back. Kenny, how's, oh, how's, oh, how's, how's, how's the BBQ? Korean BBQ. Man, Korean barbecue always hit, bro. That's, that's, that's my second favorite thing after Well, Korean you know, BBQ. by the way, I hate to trade black people, but I got a bounce. Uh, <laughs> Ray, thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you for the I'm my ta- hero. I'm gonna tag you in, Ken. You got it. Appreciate I appreciate you, you I'll, I'll talk with you later. On. Thanks for the my hero talk. We finally got to vigilantes. We finally got it. Yes, finally, yep. right at the end. All right, well, I'll talk with you later. On. All right, we'll talk to you later, Ray. Also, check Twitter. I will. Kenny, welcome back. We uh, got to have you back just in time for the my hero talk. Um, yes, tell us your thoughts about the My Hero Academia chapter. Yeah, no, like like I said, I was saying I'll pick up on what was just last night is that I think I think that that was a little bit of a red herring. It, it feels too obvious. Like even even though like we've seen it, like I've been thinking about it. Like yeah, he's still walking with the mask, and they kind of made it seem that way. But it's like, is that really what it is? But then there's also the fact that like I, I think I said last week, like oh we we've been talking about it, Sam, about like him still looking to replace the body. I don't think that's a weakness. He don't care about that body that he's in right now. My you know least, what I mean? I so I, I'm, I'm still, it. I'm still like, I'm still like, does it even matter? You know, does it even matter? So my thing about this is that I've always been confused about all for one's body plan because <clears throat> it is very clear that like the person, the human, the 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 mind in his brain. <clears throat> isn't transferring over so it's like you still will have to deal with death like it's like having a save file of yourself but not actually you you know what i mean right it's kind of weird that he's like we're like i i kind of feel like there should be something extra here that we just aren't seeing because like i don't i don't i think i think the thing is like his will is that strong like, we say that his personality is going to be gone, but it's like, I don't even know because you think about the way he showed up in the subspace, um, you know, with the with Shigaraki and with Deku before. It just really feel like, is he really going to lose himself? Like, does it, does it matter? Or does it, it's just a matter of whose will is ultimately stronger. 
Because I think Sam and I was basically talking about last time about um what 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 about um Spinner? We, we right. gotta remember there was multiple candidates. There was multiple candidates to replace um to Wait, replace what, the body. Was, was Spinner a sub one of the test subjects? I thought he just joined in oh, no, no. as a vigilante well, he, villain. He, he wasn't a test subject, but he's been played with by all for one. Oh, yes, for and sure. And so what I'm just saying is that there's already been this idea that, again, the, the main point here is that I think he's been ready to get rid of the body regardless. And I yeah. don't know if he's really losing his mind, per se. I, I think very much so his will is connected to the will of the court. And I think if the quirk passes down, much like the vestiges have their certain level of uh, consciousness that's preserved, I think he still is preserved. And I don't think there's anyone with a strong enough will um, to really to really keep that in check the way it should be, if that makes any sense. I agree, because technically, offer one's quirk is the offer one quirk. He was the origin for exactly. his quirk. And we do know, like, if a, if another person were to obtain two quirks of someone else's, their life expectancy is lower, or they get significantly dropped. Drop. Right. And the thing was, the the thing they tried to substitute it with was with hyper regeneration, and uh, with something. The doctor Yujiro also had a life where he can live double the lifespan. Life. He even had he gave it death to Shigaraki too, in case like. If it really is cut in half and you have a quirk that can double up your lifespan, it, it, that means everything goes back to normal. And that's in the speak. You live a normal right. age of life, now, so to speak. Now, now remember, spinner, spinner is a reptile. So that's that's some innate regeneration. And, and you know, lizards are, learned, are known, you know, reptiles are known for adapting. So there's there's still some potential there. Uh, like I said, for that body to be used, I don't think it would survive, but I think. I don't think if, if I guess what I'm saying is if all for one was to die in this exchange, I don't think that's the last we see of all for one before this war is done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I doubt that how Spinner can save himself. He cut his own tail off and that tail had the other part of the cork and it blows up and that, so to speak. <laughs> that'd be rare. That'd be crazy. But it'd whatever. Be wild. That'd be cool, actually. Um, but there's so much manipulation has been done from all for one that's one of the things that i want to talk about because the way all for one's approach through manipulation typically works and how hawks is managing to kind of like give him a taste of his own medicine during the fight like when he goes oh so we're both crippled (laughs) like nigga you ain't no better than me and then, like, he was trying to, <laughs> what's funny, all for one was like, oh, Nagat substitute. I'm glad you're here. Too bad you're not in the best game, but, well, neither are you. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, nah, bro, you're not gonna, like, nana, nana, boo, boo, how about you? Like, uh-uh. that was 100% so, one of those, you, I'm rubbing you, your glue. You also got, you got to remember, you got to remember, as mature as Hawks is, he's still young. Yeah. Hawks yes. is, Hawks is what, he's the youngest he's hero. He's the youngest top hero. Yeah, he's 22, 23. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's about like, 22, possibly 23. He's definitely no more than 23, if I'm not mistaken. You're not. Um, he's, he's his so, his so hand's he's, been dirty since, still, like, from the beginning. Like, Yeah, but he's still, there's a still levels of immaturity. And not in, like, a bad way, but, like, there's still, like, like the childish playfulness of him compared to, like, a lot of other heroes. 
and one of the like, things even if you think about Kamui, Kamui is a more recent hero, but I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he's a little bit older. No, Kamui. Okay, so okay, this is kind of one of those cool culture things, real quick. So mm-hmm. one of the things that happens in Japan is that there's this thing called shokatsu, and shokatsu is basically when everybody's applying for their internships, blah blah blah, whatever, and trying to you know basically get the job they want. Now it is normal for that job to be the same job you have for the rest of your life, as far as like white collar people it goes. But it's also normal, like, but at minimum around the time that a lot of people do this, about 10 years, Tommy Woods becomes a rookie hero at the age of like 26, 27, suggesting that he likely was a sidekick for about 10 years. Exactly. He's officially a hero on his own with his own agency when he's like 26, 27. So even that rising star is significantly older because Hawks went independent right away. If, and if you think about it, they talk about that a couple of times. People, they're like, um, you know, Endeavor went independent right away and he was like top 10 at the age of 20. So-and-so did this at this age, independent right away. Um, even Gentle's friend that led to him being really depressed was a person who went independent at like 18 or really fast. So uh, it's just kind of like this interesting thing that like, like, yeah, he's going to have a bit of that immaturity or that young-mindedness. But in this case, I think it's exactly what's needed. And I'll also say that Hawks's playful abil- ability to have playful banter, from what we saw of Nagat, Nagat didn't seem to have like a bad childhood. He seemed to be like somebody who happened to have like an interesting quirk and that they like kind of pulled and she was aware of what was going on around her, right? Where similarly, where how like Dobby was born with everything, you can look at it. Hawks is kind of somebody in a similar boat where because he had already grew up in that abusive environment and all that other stuff, he was able to just kind of be like, all right, um, I'm used to shit being bad and having to find a reason to smile anyway. Like when you're five years old and the you run outside and you're saving people with your feathers and all kinds of stuff like that, he's always mm-hmm. and already been about that responsibility. So he's if like let's say Nagat, um, just for all intents and purposes, let's say Nagant went to jail at 24 and got met the Hero Association at like 14, that's still less time than Hawks had out here doing stuff or even like seeing the dirtiness of the world. So from Hawks' perspective, the world has always been dirty and he wanted to clean it up and Heroes made that difference for him. So he's never going right. to be able to betray Heroes and that's why he's going to keep that attachment, that and, ability to ban and, and stuff like that. And I think, I think you know, we already know the backstory of Hawk and even the, the Endeavor doll. You know, we know that wasn't... It was like, a cheaper... It's ended, cheaper than all he my... Ended up, mm. He ended up, yeah, getting getting a appreciation for Endeavor by, by again, the force of the way that his life is. And in a, in a sense, Endeavor really did end up saving him because of that indirectly. And now we have this moment where, you know, we've seen Hawk's kind of support, but, like, I think it's going to be... I think there's a big sacrificial piece that's definitely coming up um, in these next set of fights. I'm also very interested in the fact that this was the fight that they decided to go with next. I know we talked about it last week and that there was a very high chance that this was going to be the fight next. But again, I think that just plays to the fact that, I, again, I don't think that, I, I don't think all for one's going down right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh. And I think I think that only emphasized by the fact that this is the fight that they chose to show first. So we know we know that this isn't going to get resolved immediately, and and that means <laughs> that means that means something for for a lot of things. But that, and, again, Sugar Rocky still 
it's still also a primary focus, so it could go down that way. So it, I guess time will tell. Well, my thing with this is that the wound endeavor got here. So based on how it's drawn, I know some people think it's his arm. Oh. Yeah, it looks like he got cut off his arm or the sides. Oh, that looked, that looked like a, that had looked like a pierce through the chest. It, but, it wasn't until yes. the next panel that it kind of is like, was it like, I was like, was it really his but arm? If, no, if I don't look, think it, it's not look, his arm. He's, he's still it's good. Like, it's if not. You look and zoom in when he's falling. It looks, yeah. I'm you, you sure see him holding, he's, he's holding on, he's holding on to the injury that got hit to his sides. That's basically mm-hmm. for his arm. Because what yeah. this is, is, and I talked about this on stream. Also, I want to point out that he combined two quirks to make this uh, sword horn thingy that chomps. Because yeah. if you look at his finger allocation and the previous thing, it was the spikes on like his thumb and his pinky or like his ring finger or whatever had like a face growing out of it. Mm-hmm. So he basically combined those two principles so that he could create the chompy arm. So if you look though, he didn't stab Endeavor. He straight up bit and took out a chunk of his side. And so if you think about that, that's another chance for him to have a wound that mirrors all might while he's trying to do what all might did right all might hit him like all for one's line and, and like and which uh, which is just going to be another psychological piece to play into things you as the fight progresses mm-hmm. i mean like it's a good it's a good chance we can also see endeavor doing a tornado thing like he did in vigilantes and he put it here to surround all for one with that flame destroyed like literally covering the oxygen around his area hot enough to burn his own inhaler oxygen tank kind of thing yeah i can definitely see that happening for sure do a, like a whole like sh- shout out to vigilantes uh we know like never is too old to probably not young young as he used to be or as powerful as he used to be being able to do that tornado fire thing but it, it's special to know like he's still paying homage to his old self Oh, the Vigilante series. Homage to the Vigilante series where this is going to be the final move to take down all for one in that body kind of speak. I definitely could see that. Especially when like, because All Might, how All Might won was he went to his weaker body and he only enhanced his arm for that United States of Smash. Yep. And like, that, that, that was all he could do. And that's part of what like these vanishing fists and him being able to make two instead of just having to do the one. And all that other stuff, because it almost feels like the order is reversed. He tried to use his big attack and then got the big injury instead of getting big injured and then going for like the final stand because he like got himself too hot headed. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, we get Endeavor basically standing on the ground and doing a prominence burn because unlike when he was fighting Shigaraki, his ass falling to the earth like this and having to be saved by Hawks. There's nobody to get him up there. This isn't like when Bakugo was here to grab you and use explosion and tell you not to use your fire until the last second and he threw you. This isn't like when Hito was there at the war arc and you could run at him and he could just create a loop for you to just get rocketed up. This is, you are going to have to get all the way back up there by all for one without him noticing you. Or at the very least, you're going to have to somehow get into the air, not be caught making your fire, coming back up from the ground area and then launch a giant prominence burn. The conditions for him to be able to pull off his final attack here have gotten a lot harder. He definitely has. Like, but, you know, all these last minute efforts are just like, it's all needed for like one final blow onto like the bad guy or at least enemy. But I don't believe that it'll be enough to kill the 
all for one body. I think what they will do is like after they burn off the life support breathing technique and they're just going to let offer one laugh or just talk monologue until like he died with his last breath from his old body. And then you see him going into Shigaraki's body kind of thing. Because the other thing that I'm kind of waiting for is yes, all for one was cave squatting. So he genuinely could just have no other resources or ability to, you know, pull something and make it happen. But I kind of expect him to be able to, you know, like, have at least a Nomu or something tucked somewhere. I, but maybe he did teleport every bit of his resources right to that battlefield, but that would be so insane to me that it's goofy. And the fact that Gas Mask wasn't teleported and was leading a raid on the Machia section tells me he did. So my question is, who is in a location that he can teleport to him? And then, because like, obviously it's clear that now that he can only teleport conscious people though, because Otherwise, he would have already teleported Machia's body. Right. Like he, knows he, would have, he also would have teleported Kurguri as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Kurguri's still in prison, and he just absorbed the court just to use it. But, but I did like that detail about them keeping the fight super airborne so that he doesn't just immediately just blow away all the other heroes. Yeah, the other war that's happening in the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then we see Tokoyami and... Um, I forgot her, her hero. Her hero name is Earjack, Earphone Jack. Yep. She technically connected her uh, ear, her ears with an ear jack into speakers, right? Mm -hmm. She's been doing that. That's her. She's been having that for support gear for a while. What I will say is that it looks like she's got casing on her earlobes now, mm -hmm. which would be her learning from what happened with Dobby, because he cooked one of her ears. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, she's yeah, got casing now. That. She's got casing. Yep. She that was the thing that drawed out to me because at first I didn't recognize her, and I was like, oh, oh, oh okay, okay. But like before they even said her name, I was like, like for a second I had to like stop and like look at what was going on with the whole suit, which is good. It gave me a second to stop and appreciate what was going on with the suit. Also, have any of you guys read or watched Air Gear? Mm -mm. Because this is one hundred percent. At this point, a uh, reference to Air Gear, where there was a yeah. This this is the second. This is the second time we talked about this before. This is the oh, yeah, second this, reference to Air Gear. Because well, the, what I mean is like the heartbeat wall thing is straight up uh, taken yeah. from it's an yeah. organic net. Uh, mm -hmm. The Rumble King from back then, because he had the speakers on his arms and he would actually create walls of solid air and stuff. Mm -hmm. So and, and she was skating on top of uh, my boy. Oh yeah, okay yeah, I remember now. Uh, shout out to the Rumble King. And then you have the you have all for one saying, you know, in old comics, we used to have these people called jobbers. <laughs> Just to show such so that the villains could like literally so the demon lord can show him what he's made of. <laughs> literally more insults to injury. Like, yeah, why are you sending jobbers at me now? <laughs> why are you sending the the new students of UA to come in after me in this moment? Also, but, you guys know. Well, no, no. I think we talked about the Batman and Robin thing, right? Uh, which, I mean, Kochi is Robin other no, than no. <laughs> Hawks is Hawks is one hundred percent Robin to Endeavor's Batman. Yes, he is. Yes. Okay, good, good, good. I just wanted to make sure we covered that. Um, he definitely is one hundred percent sure. He's willing, Robin, willing to like give himself up to save Batman because the world needs Batman, kind of thing. But the oh, the world needs Endeavor to take down all for one at this moment. I don't care if I get hit, kind of stuff. 
and I neglected my brothers for too long. Air Gear's anime is only 26 episodes, which is why you don't hear about it a lot. It is not a full adaptation. Uh, Wait, what episode. was that? Air Gear uh, is 26 episodes. Somebody in the chat was surprised there's a, that Air there's Gear an over. Oh, there. there's an over. There's an over, but there's still not a lot. Did they have movies? No, mm-hmm. just, just the 26 episodes. There's, there's an OVA. One of the, the OVA was a part of the... Oh, is that part of the count? Yeah. Wow, yeah, it's been a there's, while. Because there's an OVA where they take on uh, this, like, eight-man team or whatever. And they exactly. And like, grind and do some stuff on a rope. And that's, like, an OVA. But, like, that's actually, I think, episode 21 or 22 in Air Gear. Oh no, I, I was thinking about Iruka Seven. That wasn't that, that wasn't here. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The Iruka last, Seven has the movies. Five, the last like five episodes, I think you're right, are air quotes over and we never got another season. Dang, bring back Air Gear. Dang, I, I I keep saying this. Air Gear would do awesome in this current gen. Air Gear would do so good in this current wave, bro. So how it would be you- so good. Have you watched? Do you know who the author of Air Gear is? No, someone mm-hmm. someone mentioned that they wrote something else. I like it's Ito Ogre or Ogre, and he's the guy who did Tenjo Tenge. Tenjo Tenge, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Which yeah. someone Tenjo Tenge also only has twenty six episodes. Only got twenty six. That doesn't episodes. properly adapt, and uh, and it, it gets look, so good after that. Imagine immediately after the arc where it ends in the anime, it, it I need gets you to look at so your camera good. like you're looking me in the eyes because I'm about to say something important. Hold on, hold on. Let me turn imagine. my camera on just so you can see me. Hold on, hold just on. so that you can like. Now I know you have just, some. Just I, now you have eye contact. You have like, eye contact now. I, I, I want you to contact. think about Mappa, the people doing the JJK H2H scenes, dedicating themselves to Tenjo Tenge, or getting an adaptation on that level <sighs> with a hand-to-hand combat. The fights are the same fights, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like oh that dedication God. to the martial arts. Which that's also oh. why I wanted the Nero anime to last because I wanted a or the Nero Nero martial arts series to last because I wanted another just straight up martial artist based series that took place in a school and stuff. Oh, but yeah, no. Like, what, I feel like we we touched on most of. Okay. Yeah, do you guys think Tokoyami? Because for some reason, Hori likes to draw Tokoyami as a cooked bird every now and then. Yeah, (laughs) that's hilarious. Yeah, it's true. So, do you guys think that's going to have any bearing on how this situation plays out with it potentially like Hawks? Because, like, a lot of people have said that Hawks has spent a little too much time focused on Endeavor. And I do agree that he spent a little too much time looking at him, but even though the dynamic makes sense, especially for what that all represents for him as a person. But the fact that you have Tokoyami here being kind of neglected by Hawks, having done his work study at the Hawks agency, basically taking over the agency, but not actually getting much help from Hawks there, it could be that he ends up losing Sukoyomi because he hasn't been looking at it. Like, he's always been too fast for his own good, and this fight forcing him to slow down is forcing him to look at and appreciate his apprentice more. Yeah, Robin has his Robin. You just didn't, you just forgot about him. But I mean, like one way or another, I don't, I don't believe any of the UA students will die. I think it'll be a little bit too much, too painful. That's unfortunate because, because that's because no like pain. Hawks, this Hawks, world should know because Hawks needs to know like other people look up to him as a hero himself too. 
just like Tokoyami and him being Tokoyami dying before Hawks would be too sad for would be too sad for Hawks in general like even though if Hawks was already willing to put his life on a line and die for never but will he be willing to die for the younger generations that looks up to him that the people that he inspired even though he's supposed to be Nagant substitute got his hands dirty and he had a horrible child and made it out and that sort of stuff people still look up to him as a hero people still see hawks even with the whole conspiracy thing oh he killed blue just genius no he didn't he did that for a spy work uh, he he I, I really okay he killed twice he got he killed twice he's a he's not a hero his heroes are not supposed to be killed but then like if they if nobody knew yeah that's the only thing they have on hawks is that he killed twice yeah, and that his dad was a criminal, which for most of us is not a big deal. But you know, the the eyes of Japan, shame, yeah, the familial shame culture is like, damn, bro, like that's how you feel. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, and like Tokoyami, like time and time again, had saved Hawks before. Remember when he was burned out from Dobby? They're literally right You gotta live, you gotta survive. (laughs) This is like round two at this place. Because you gotta think, they're fighting at the mansion ruins. Even though Hawks was like already, if he's not gonna, if he's not gonna live, I can at least tell Tokoyami everything. He spilled the beans to him and everything. I feel like next chapter, we're gonna literally have a monologue of like, Hawks really thought he was gonna die, so he told Tokoyami something. Because we see, we saw him whispering in that chapter, and yeah. Tokiyami was crying. You're like, you're gonna make it okay. None of this is all true. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Like, you can't have a better like sidekick hero that uh, that idol that you that idolizes you, mm-hmm. that's willing to do whatever it takes to keep you alive too. Even though Hawks is so willing to die for never and everything. Oh, and the other thing that I do want to highlight. For this is that when he's doing the vanishing fist barrage and awful one starts complaining about how he can't stop the heat from coming through just because again one of the things my hero has made it a point to talk about i remember i got into an argument with somebody once about shoto living from the jet burn dive he did and i was like if you have a fire type perk you end up with some type of fire resistance but all for one not having like an, a fire type perk as his base quirk but just kind of stealing them and having and like playing with them a little doesn't have the elemental resistance needed to like fully just not deal with anything that endeavors doing. He only gets pieces of it, but he'll never know. He can never fully adapt to its fullest potential. Like he wouldn't be doing like Burning did, where even though yeah, they ended up tuckered out, she still caught one of the hell spider strands. But then, not, the, but he had a solution for it when it was called the impact recoil, which is what he uses to like when people do the physical blows. That's why that was a, yep. that was a quirk that was specifically for Alma because of all the blunt damage. And because he can't make physical contact with him, he can't use the re- like he can't use impact recoil because he can't make physical contact. And he can't make physical mm-hmm. contact because he has to block the flames, but he can't even properly block the flames. So and, it's a really good way to show like how matchups work, but also damage types, which is a thing that scaling isn't the end of the world. But I do hate the fact that people, when they talk about power scaling, oftentimes don't understand the concept of damage type and how just because you can handle getting like kick through 80 buildings doesn't mean being lit on fire is gonna uh you know not kill you and so. fires everybody's weak. fire is technically everybody's weaknesses exactly <laughs> <laughs>
but yeah, I, I think it was a good chapter. Uh, Kendall, if, you, if you're still here, would you like to give your last thoughts from my hero before we switch to JJK? He's mute. Oh yeah, something probably happened because I, I know he was outside for a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think is is it JJK the last thing we have to cover? Yes, it is. Okay, because um, we because it was a lot of back and forth for vigilantes and yeah. the original series as well. So yeah, let's, let's go straight into. Oh, 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 oh last oh, thoughts of. Oh yeah, no, I had no final thoughts. I think um, I'm still wishing Endeavor dies. <laughs> To be quite honest, even what you just said, Sam, like I'm, I'm just like, now he can do everything. He can literally put the best of best everything. He's gonna die anyways. So, if he was gonna die, do you think Shoto needs to be there to see it first? Nah, nah. I think Shoto's gonna try to run to the scene, but I don't think he needs to be there to see it happen. All right. They're gonna have to split the team to get back up anyway, so Shoto's probably was already gonna have to head in that direction. I mean, uh, that he's resting. No, he's he said he's like, I can't move anymore. He, he told Ida that like, yo, I'm sorry, I burned this. Dude, he gonna he, he a hero, bro. He gonna push. Look. He gonna push past that limit plus ultra. Yep, Ida gonna pull up with that recipro guiding him somewhere. I I still feel like all of them are gonna end up converging in some way, trying to get there. Something's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Mission um, complete. This side, go to the next mission. Go to the other. Just help friends. Also, partially because Phantom Thief, like, for, granted, this is one of the downsides too to the fact that Monoma can only use one perk at a time, is that he, like, in theory, his timer isn't based off of like how long he has them, but how long he's using them. Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't know that for sure. So once Monoma's teleportation runs out, then they're just kind of fucked. Oh, uh, because you want him to be able to like bounce around and start making moves and get some people to different locations. And it's like how they couldn't work Deku. So I'm kind of thinking that if the UA center starts really like crumbling apart and then Shigaraki gets access to his perks, that'll be when Monoma will be able to separate himself hopefully. And then maybe- Aren't they using Monoma yep. for Night for Eyes Cork? Uh, yeah. For Eraserhead. So he's gonna have to, on some level, like that's why I said, if they get so destroyed that he can't stop him from using his perks anyway, then the next best thing is going to be getting back up. So. Okay, let's go straight into our JJK Jack, the Jackpot chapter. So Hikari's uh, his curse technique is pretty broken. Now we see why Yuta says like, Ooh. yeah, when, when Hikari's serious, he actually beat, he beat me in a fight. When it comes to Yuta with un, almost like a bottomless source of curse technique, a curse, uh, but Hikari literally can, his own curse technique can generate unlimited curse technique only if he gets jackpots from that, from the domain expansion and his, uh, uh, his technique, the, uh, See, the, other thing, the, other thing you the know idle death gamble. He's not he's not wishing for luck on his jackpot either. He's calculating the jackpot. That's the thing. Like, yeah, there's a risk factor, but he's getting that thing as close to accurate as possible. Well, and the other thing about that is with the way it seems to work, is like because he's using like these rolls and these attacks or whatever, but because of the fact that and I'm kind of curious because people we know that people kind of shape their domains and like have to like focus on creating the rules and stuff to make the spell complete. Mm -hmm. And it kind of seems like what he did 
to make his luck modifier be so high is that he's chose an anime. Like he's ultimately got his own anime theme song. <laughs> he's because if you think it back to what he said, he was like the pure love train, blah blah blah, was this manga, whatever. He's basically walking up to people, fighting them with an anime theme song playing. That, that's actually pretty sick. Just have your favorite anime opening on, just like, but at so, four minutes and eleven seconds, he is unbeatable. <laughs> He's he, uh, unlimited curse technique as much as he wants, and even after it finishes, everything gets healed up. Everything's back to normal for him. Uh, just uh, just like what Elvis Elvis says, like. He's just like Super Mario, he, 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 the superstar from Mario. And then after the superstar is over, you have everything, your full abilities, your full entire curse technique court, you're all fully healed. It's also insane that this jackpot, jackpot, jackpot can also unleash reverse curse technique Yo. and heal so that your body does not break. And we get reminded where like, if you use too much of it, your body can break if it's like overclocking and everything like that but you have a curse technique that can heal even if you take the biggest damage it's automatically attached as if nothing happened your output in fights is mm -hmm. insane so there's one thing that i do want to see um that i feel like hasn't come into play enough or didn't come into play enough so i'm hoping that if he does a domain and gets another jackpot it finally will We've been focusing more on the unique property of Kashimo's um, cursed energy, mm -hmm. but we've gotten no comments on, like from Kashimo on the edge factor, like the fact that it feels like his cursed energy is like serrated, which is interesting to me because I feel like that's something that has consistently been kind of emphasized. Yeah, because so, like they used an example with Panda usually like when com combining my traits and curse technique like a regular punch would not do nothing to like panda but for him him doing like regular punches and curse energies is placed all over the body almost like electricity has been going around into the person like the cursed energy block but gets shocks yeah so it was supposed to be like a unblockable move so to speak but that's if his curse his curse technique over powers the other person and they feel the both shot how when it came to hikari it just becomes a tingle to him yep. because he can't surpass that uh the overwhelming unlimited curse technique that he has this is that is very interesting for sure which yeah, I, I really like this how he's like did you feel a tingle because it's like <laughs> it doesn't fully register for him that oh this is somebody with a unique curse energy just like me because you feel the fever it didn't do much damage so it's like all right cool a little bit of lightning on my hand and then which i like that uh when this happened one the hand-to-hand -hand combat in this another great sequence but then two the fact that like the way we got the curse technique like the build-up bonus effect of this was because of his arm getting blown off makes me go all right cool so we're seeing the scale of this, which also means that if Hikari does take the time to purposely learn reverse curse technique, we could actually be in for some issues because I'm pretty sure that if you're at that point, you're using positive energy or whatever. So if that's the case and you saw the way Yuta was able to use it, that means that technically a jackpot Hikari 
in theory, has the ability to activate once if he actually took the time to learn RTC to boost himself up to such a ridiculous degree or one shot any cursed apparition around just by more or less touching it, just because it's infinite positive energy if he learns how to manually do it, which is kind of crazy. I, I feel like he, that jackpot was already the answers where he didn't really need to learn the reverse curse technique oh, no, too. He doesn't. He doesn't the, that's, that's what makes it where it's like, if he consciously learns any of these other skills, then all that happens is he becomes even more insane. Because you remember that, uh, for example, let's look at Gojo real quick. The blue is the bait, like Azure Glow is like the base technique. And then red is the reverse curse technique because it's a play on blue shifting and red shifting on the Doppler effect. Because when mm-hmm. light rays are moving towards you or when an object is giving off light that's moving towards you, the light waves shorten and that becomes blue. Hence, you know, the blue is constantly pulling or it's usually like using that to pull people. Whereas red shifting, the things that you notice like the sky turning more red during sunsets is caused by light waves more or less being stretched out in theory or as best way you can explain it. And that's what leads to the more reddish tone. And we have purple, which is purple is basically a singularity because it combines both concepts. There, so there has to be something more with that because, like, we see that he can like flip coins at people or launch coins. He can do the train doors thing. So my question is, like, what do you get out of a reverse curse technique if you decide to do that? Which you could argue that that's why he's going with this route of immortal man, where he doesn't have to learn Mm -hmm. reverse curse technique. So that he doesn't have to engineer a reverse curse technique for something that doesn't have an exactly, you know, straightforward reversal style. Like how I mean, there's, well, there's, it could it could be also that he knows, but there could be ramifications to it, right? Yeah. Remember, jackpot is a, still a risk, so there might be something permanent, uh, some type of permanent ramifications for really? using a curse technique and and then not, you know, getting a negative result of a jackpot. It reminds me of that guy from uh, Hunter Hunter, where like his weapon is based on a dice roll or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, kite, yeah. kite, uh, crazy slot. Yo, yo, I super aside. Yo, someone at Momocon was cosplaying P two and walking around with kite's head. Oh, that is so messed up. <laughs> that is so messed that is... up. That is graphically messed up. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a. Whew. Maybe he's looking yeah, for that. I Maybe he's looking I for that adult gone cosplay. I saw that in passing, and I was like, "Boy, that's that's crazy." <laughs> Maybe he's looking for that uh, that gone cosplay with the long hair and everything. Mm-hmm. You're trying to activate somebody. <laughs> that is messed up. But yeah, no, I I think I think um, I, like I said, and you know, have a funny reference because I think I think we we've compared we compared knuckles as well too right is there there seems to be some definitely some undertones of some things that are present with this character specifically but i don't i feel i don't know if it's i don't know if maybe we just get a quick fight but i feel like we're getting a little too much too quickly is it just me i feel like it is getting to be quickly because technically the only way to beat hikari is to be able to beat him or kill him before he hits the jackpot. And, and my, one of the things that I think is funny is that it does say that his technique refreshes during the round. So I'm guessing he can't like one minute in be like domain. But I'm definitely willing to wager that once it's at that like three minute mark, 
because he was like, oh, it's starting to wind down. He was like, boom, domain. So in theory, if he, if he could pull it, like if, if he could refresh his tech just a little bit sooner and then, you know, get people in the domain while he's also still rolling with his jackpot. Because even before he gets, he, he doesn't really need the jackpot just yet. If he just gets like a different combination of th uh, three of the selects, he can get that power up, gets this power up, gets that power up that can help like help him maintain some power, some edgesness, so to speak. Because there's gonna, he's gonna have to have a day where like, there was a day where I don't, I couldn't reach the jackpot. And I kept getting this, I kept getting this power up, getting that power up. But mm -hmm. knowing Hikari, I'm pretty sure he's adapted to it where I've gotten used to different combinations and different combos and different lottery of slots. Mm -hmm. But I definitely do have to see him where like, I had to at least have jackpot even once to help win the, the fight completely. I don't think there was ever a fight where he, he didn't win without jackpot, though. Yeah. There was no way, especially with all his opponents when it comes to Toto, Utah, and everybody else. Yeah, there, there was yeah, just... But the thing is, the thing is we, we know that he's, he's skilled even without jackpot. Like, the jackpot mechanism needs to be set up, yes, to give him some type of tactical advantage, but he don't, he don't have to finish the round of jackpot to win. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. my thing is, is that when he was fighting Charles, he was never taking it seriously anyway. No. I think he had his hand I think, in his pocket most of the fight. Right. I think the point for that one was like, oh, I'm going to pick one of the most random sorcerers so I can build up my jackpot, build up the luck, build up all, like, it's just so that I could keep spinning, 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 so I get a jackpot. And then I could go like, oh, thanks for the, this fight, but that was just to inherit my, my curse technique powers so I can move on to the much stronger guys kind of thing. Yeah, he preloaded. He preloaded for sure. But like, imagine you preload into this fight, into the next entire fight. He, he's un an unkillable, unstoppable machine. And that's how you can actually be the number one within this entire area is because I never lost power. I just get unlimited. I just hit jackpot. I'm just invincible for minutes and 11 seconds. But I'm feeling like if someone was an anime fan and knows the trick where like, oh, but that four minute and 12 seconds, you're open and you got to try to do your domain expansion within that time. Um, yeah, really realistically, yeah, you just have to, but the question is, can you survive four minutes and 11 seconds? Because <laughs> when somebody has infinite curse energy, We've seen that with Utah. Well, Utah had a really has a very almost bottomless, but he had a limit. Gojo was actually another one where he almost seemed like he has unlimited curse technique because it, it powers each other out in this sort oh, of. Oh, so actually, Gojo was kind of why I wish that uh, Hikari would put more energy into reverse curse technique because the reason why Gojo has um, such. Um, because they explained it that it's not that Gojo has more cursed energy than Yuta, it's that his techniques are so efficient and that his upkeep is so good because he effectively has reverse curse technique going in his brain at all times to keep him fresh. So he's always charged and that was able to feed into him like permanently having the limitless on if he so chooses. So it's kind of like if any character that has this potential to do that makes that decision to generate a bunch of reverse curse technique energy, they can create that loop, which means in theory, Akari could 
reverse curse technique himself during jackpot into the same state as Gojo and then maintain that if he just chained it a couple more times and potentially uh, have that. Question, do you think Hikari will have the same experience of how Gojo had to learn reverse curse technique? Because remember, it was uh, Toji that killed, killed him and he had, was left and Gojo was in a left near death state and that's where he had to learn reverse technique on the spot in that moment to be able to heal himself and everything. Will I we mean, ever see Hikari in the moment where he just suddenly, he has to, he had to learn recurse, reverse curse technique and after that incident and everything. And I like the, the only way I can see that happening is if somebody gets a good blow off on him in his domain. And of course, the other thing we have to consider is, is Kashimo a maximum user or a domain user or both? That's true. Because we haven't really seen much of the extent on this fight with Panda. Like, it, it, it seems like he went easy on Panda. Uh, I don't know of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, remember that output punch where Panda thought he can block and defend? Yeah. I don't and know that, if he took it easy or if it was just, just too easy to begin with. I mean, Panda, like, I, I think we talked about it. Like, uh, somebody mentioned Panda did technically beat a semi-grade one sorcerer in... Uh, Mechamaru with the gorilla mode, but I'm like, Panda also lost two cores to do that, so mm -hmm. it's not exactly the most encouraging case for Panda to be like grade one or better. And he was up for promotion during that, and you see, he didn't do anything during uh Shibuya really. So to me, it's kind of like this dude is probably about a semi grade one source, like Panda is probably at best the level of a semi grade one sorcerer. and Mm, I mean, we was clearly at minimum we, we, a grade one successful grade sorcerer. Wasn't he the one of the old cursed sorcerers? Though he was in a, one of the uh, old people Kashima? in the yeah, Kashima. Yeah, isn't yeah, he from the past? Four hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, so wouldn't that he because he would have been considered as a special grade, right? Because they don't really know how to classify. Because we know in JJK, they didn't really know how to classify special grades curse techniques and they just instantly just call them special grades in general because yeah. Tsukuna even explained it like that um the uh that thing that had one of his fingers that's whether one of that's where the sorcerer schools would consider him as a special grade like they consider both as a special grade but you know that's not the best comparison i, I know i'm overwhelmingly powerful than you are you have no entire measurements when it comes to Kashimo, I would they would probably see him as a special grade and what he can do and what he can actually do in a combat fight. And he charges his electricity, right? That yeah. he we don't know how or or that's his I think that's his special abilities in general. He'll just charge up his electricity mid-fight or during the fight. And when he feels like he can he has enough where he overpowers the his opponent. He would inflict that into his, in his blows and his fights. Now he has to recharge all over again for Hikari, since he thought that punch yep. was enough for him. Which that's so that's one of the things that makes Kashimo interesting too, because it seems like it's probably very rare that somebody survives the lightning charge, and it's especially he seemed uh, to be taken aback because he like blew off the dude's arm and then got kicked in the face. And then that dude used the arm that he just blew off the punch from his face. And he thought it was like, oh, too late. He lost his arm. He, he's done. He can't use his domain. No Wait, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it was his like, arm's oh, gone, what? Pain. He's not going to be able to fight back. And then, boom. 
man, do you do I look like Toto to you? Do you think I have no arm? I can't do shit? No, bro. <laughs> you think without this hand or this arm? Nope. Reverse curse technique and everything. The only, uh, the only thing difference was that Toto's hand, he had to cut off his own hand and that hand got exploded because of um, the IO transfiguration thing. And you can't, I don't believe you can bring back organs and limbs, right? With reverse With, uh, curse technique? No, you can. You just have to have a lot of curse energy to do it. All right, because like knowing that, doesn't that mean like Toto can still come back or is he's permanently done, done? Because if you remember um, when Euro was fighting um, and she lost her arm, right? he like immediately like kicked her shit and then Ishigori was like, oh, cool, Yuta did that. Um, even if she uses curse uh, reverse technique, she's going to regenerate an entire arm is going to be quite a lot. I think it was Yuta that helped recover her arm, right? Because I, I know, know like, I know Rika, know. Rika ate the Rika ate the arm, her arm, just so that gains her abilities. But whatever the condition with Rika and the, yeah. the copying curse technique kind so, of thing. I think, okay, have you guys watched the, uh, did you guys watch the TV show Heroes? Mm -hmm. I think that it might work similar to Siler's intuitive aptitude, Ooh. minus the hunger, of course, but like, the, or the obligatory hunger, because what I kind of see it as is that like, well, it, you could argue that it, a bit more literal too since Rika eats pieces of the people but so Siler thought that he always had to like slice people's heads open and get into their brains and that would make him like understand and see their powers yep. but it, he I think it was around season three where he finally started actually exploring his ability a bit more and didn't want to kill people enough that he held himself back and still was able to copy other people's powers after a while just by constantly getting to observe and analyze them and so I kind of feel like, because obviously Rika didn't eat any piece of Inumaki based off what we understand, unless they like fed her some hair. So it seems right. that like that closeness might have been what brought him to be able to gain that ability. But if he's going to do quick copies, probably Rika needs to eat some of it. Maybe because Rika was, was he, how she how they did it is she brought out the microphone with mm -hmm. the curse technique and everything. But Yuta was just can just have the tattoos in his mouth and just instantly use Unamaki's uh, curse technique. But yeah, there's so much possibilities that we're not too entirely sure of, but Hikari, we, now we know why he's one of the strongest uh, in the school. He was this top, he was top one in his second year. Oh, it was second year or third year? He's in third year, right? Yeah, he's a third year. Which yeah, third year. I mean, outside of him being expelled, but like once he's not expelled, then he'll move up to fourth year, be exempt from that. And really, I think just being a fourth year is kind of you're, you're, you're doing a bit of extra studying, but after that, you're just expected to go be a sorcerer or do like Nanami did and just get out the game for a bit. But yeah, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't need the fourth year to give himself the reverse curse technique. He doesn't need it. It'd be, it'd be insane if he learns it on a spot in a life and death situation, but, or even in a life and death situation, if he continues to play the idle death gamble, all he needs is one jackpot and he gets everything back again. It's bank or bust every single time. Cause like, especially since his technique isn't the most offensive, 
or because we saw him use the doors against Yuji, but we haven't seen him try to at all with Kashimo. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, it's like, well, um, he might not just use his curse. I don't know. I'm kind of tired. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I like lost my train of thought. <laughs> Which, yeah, actually, I could definitely uh, see why Hikari loves the fever because he he lives the fever through his own curse technique. I don't definitely he's definitely one of the more interesting characters um of the new arc that we've been presented with. So I mean I would forward to see more some more stuff. I would hate to see a kite situation. I think what's 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 funny too when kite was about to die, he lost his arm first and then he Mm. pulled out the weakest weapon or like the worst weapon ever. He pulled out like a maze. His luck uh, didn't give him a good weapon. But like, everything but failed him. He knows how to use all of his weapons, so it doesn't matter. Like, that's just... It was unlucky, but the real thing that killed... I hate to say this. The real thing that killed Kite was gone and killed Wall. That, no, that's factual. That's, that's facts, true. though. It, that's true. It's, they touched the thing, and... That was it. Like, you touch it, now... Um, he's dead because he jumped all the way there, took the arm, and now he's handicapped for the fight. Mm-hmm. And it's f- kind of funny because uh, if like the scythe, like that scythe he got there, probably would have been a little better for fighting Kito, just because it would have been the giant hurricane. I mean, like at this point, you know, it's not a bad homage to Hunter Hunters, considering it's coming back for four more chap for four chapters, yeah. we- but we don't know when. We just don't know when. This dude is posting like a page a day, so we'll see what happens. But um, I do want to ask the audience and people watching the videos, if you guys want us to, t- want us to touch Hunter Hunter content once a chapter comes out and us, so to speak, uh, you guys can vote on it because I'm pretty sure I need to reread after its long, long, long hiatus. Because I, I believe they're still on the ship and they're still doing yes, the whole Zo- the Zodiac they're, arc they're, thing. They're, they're still on the ship. Um, there's the whole thing with the baby that was happening. Um, there's still a lot of family members that need to get killed. There's it's just too much going on. Um, the, the, the big thing is that I hope what we get from the next couple of chapters while we're on it is the spider's movement on the ship. Um, that's, I think, what's crucial in the next steps like as far as people getting taken out um yeah uh, elf says like gay gay hunter hunter is coming back i gotta recreate a kite situation asap <laughs> no <laughs> oh people Emotional there's damage. people expecting them to actually be on the continent oh that's silly all right so i do i do need yeah. to head out guys uh-huh. yeah i think we can end it here though up. actually okay. but after- yeah, like, um, I think we're in a good spot. We've talked about a lot with Vigilantes and everything, but what are you guys' favorite chapter of the week? Um, it's probably still my hero. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, and yeah, no, like, the, the cycle, because my hero had the action plus the psychological warfare aspect of it going down, while also giving me, like, an actual super surprise curveball in his character selection at the end, so I'm going to go with my hero. There's more 
I'm a, I'm a little torn myself. I, I think subjectively in my feelings, it's one piece. Um, I think I got the most from my hero, but I still think I will say One Punch Man this week was the best chapter. I mean, yeah, I definitely have to give it to One Punch Man too. That's uh, long run, not everything happened, not a lot happened, except for Vigilante where it had its own definite ending. It was a great ending for this entire series, but the One Punch Man, is, Murata's art is always gonna stand out over everything, hands down for me. I guess for me, it's like Murata's art is always good, but I don't, I don't, I care at least as much about the story. Mm-hmm. And if the story is very like, some stuff happens, then it's probably not gonna be my number one that week. So yeah, that's hey, what I said. Really, just I can, comes I can, down to so we gotta get more heart chapters out of Murata. <laughs> yeah, we 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 just gotta we gotta see. But like I said, if, if it come down to the two, it's definitely between One Punch Man and My Hero. Um, again, One Piece was really good. You know, for the One Piece fans and One Piece fans, it, it was a it was just a really good chapter. But like I said earlier, we got a lot from the chapter, but it's definitely one of those. I think we were seeing that a lot more as he continues to progress into like the final stage, where like it's like a one-two punch with chapters, and this was like punch one. So. So, yep, we can wrap it up here. Uh, Aniki, can you give us your plugs? Hey, you already know me. I'm Aniki Smash FSP. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, technically IG, at Aniki Smash FSP. Any? Yo, 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 you know it's your boy, Kendall X Anime, on all the social media platforms. Hit me up, Instagram, Twitter, court chat, all that good stuff. Right. Guys, uh, you can always follow. You remember, it's always followed anime lately in Twitter chat. Uh, if you like the video, press that like button. Subscribe if you haven't yet. New viewers, come in. Thank you guys for helping Shonen Ron being consistently with really high views. We appreciate that. We appreciate you guys coming in, to listen to our thoughts of everything Shonen Ron, everything within Shonen Jump, and our thoughts of how what what's how this got an anime, how that got dropped, and how got this got axed, and the finalized chapter of Vigilantes. Our thoughts with Ray Apollo too. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. Uh, you can follow me at Sound of Mega Man if you guys want to. But yeah, thank you guys. Peace.